Welcome to The Real 7 Show. As always, this podcast will be completely raw, unfiltered, and uncensored. Today, I sit down with Marianne, your fitness nurse, and Coach V from Higher Level Fitness. Marianne is an integrative health practitioner as well as a body transformation and energy coach. And Coach V is a longevity coach, a physical wealth broker, nutritional coach, and personal trainer. In this episode, we discuss where the system is failing us with regards to our health and well-being. We also talk about diet fads, things that are detrimental to your health, and fitness influencers and where they go wrong in their message. You're going to hear times where we agree and disagree in a healthy discussion about what is going on in today's world, especially in the fitness industry. So if this is something that you guys want to listen to, then buckle up, because here we go. My name is Marianne on Instagram. I'm known as Marianne, your fitness nurse. My background is in case management, gerontology, community health, research, education. I graduated in the Bachelor of Nursing from the University of Manitoba. So that was about over 20 years ago. My major focus was in case management and working with older individuals in the community. So that gave me perspective on how individuals age and what some of the factors were to the quality of life and what are some important things to remember as you get older so that you can be healthy and what some things to not do so that you don't end up in long-term care and um, get stuck in the system. So that's kind of my background, how I shifted over to being a, becoming a fitness nurse. Well, when I was a case manager, I was working with individuals who kept saying to me, had I taken better care of myself, I wouldn't be in this position. Um, now I need home care. I need home support. I need constant care. I need to rely on my children, you know, and it, as I was in my profession, it went from, you know, there's like five children that are part of the family, right? Like, so you're working with big families and everybody's trying to help each other out, or there's, you know, disagreements, obviously, but there's more children. And then as I got into case, more, more case management, there's parents now who are, you know, my youngest client at the time who had, who was diagnosed with Alzheimer's was 45, And his son just graduated university and he was 21. So, I mean, I just kept seeing situations like this over and over again. I'm like, what are we doing really in the healthcare system to prevent a lot of these things from happening? Ever since I was in nursing, like I didn't take my practical uh, nursing experience in the hospital. I wanted to go straight into the community. So I want, I did um, groups for Parkinson's, groups for heart health. So I really learned a lot about like what's keeping people at home. And a huge part of it was exercise, eating, sleeping, making sure they have community, some really basic, simple things to focus on, but we don't encourage that in the healthcare system. So part of that too was I was involved in research because I wanted to find out what were some of the factors to a good quality of life. How do people stay healthier, longer and stronger? Um, so that's when I kind of discovered, you know, what is research all about? Is it really to disseminate information and spread the word about how good a product or a service or a type of, you know, care is provided? Some was, um, and some weren't. So I realized that, you know, um, how information is disseminated is based on how much money is being put towards a certain research project. So when you're thinking about like, was that research study 
you know, useful for us to use for a general population. That's why we start digging into like, is this research really useful information or is it not? Is it supporting something that might not even be um, what it's all about? So I became a fitness nurse because I knew that exercise really is the gateway to better health. Exercise is pretty much um, life, right? You know, you're you're going to the gym, you have to find ways to motivate, motivate yourself to get up and get moving. You have to warm up and prepare for life. You know, you're kind of priming things all the time. You get to the gym, you lift the heavy weight, just like we're lifting heavy weight in life, right? So I really coordinate or, you know, it's a compliment to life if you're knowing how to exercise. So fitness nursing was my thing. I wanted to really encourage individuals to focus on exercise, muscle building, because the crap that was out there in terms of, you know, all the diet fads, and we've heard it all, right? It's we've gone through a series of cycles of different types of diet programs, but really it goes down to the essentials. And if you really want to focus on long-term health, which is hopefully what we're doing now, it's the basic things that we talk about all the time. You and I bring this up is sleep, eating, protein, water, you know, have, being with our family, making sure that we're good role models and whatever, you know, community or culture that we're part of. Um, so I want to keep spreading the message because I don't think it's um, pointed out enough. And I think we need to speak more on why why it is important to pay attention to that. So being as how you were part of the system for many years, um, what do you notice now? Uh, I guess what I'm asking is, what do you notice in the system and, and how do you feel that it's failing people as a whole? I think, number one, it hasn't changed since I graduated, which is over 20 years ago. So I don't think there has been any advances in anything and anywhere. Like, you know, maybe in different areas we've learned and like we've learned new information. But have we applied that to everyday life? There's research everywhere. But mm -hmm. I think where now it's failing us is, you know, you and I were just talking about that. It's distraction. We're majoring on the minor things. I was just talking to Vernus about this earlier. I'm just like, we're focusing on like, you know, should I eat this and not that? Well, you know, exactly what you said. Like, what are we paying attention to? Are you eating consistently? Are you eating the right foods? Right? Like get back to focusing on the foundations because common sense isn't common practice. And we know this. So um, what's failing us is that, there's not enough of a big community that's promoting um, common sense. I think they're just creating more confusion. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And and when it comes to like your, um, you know, your general physician that people go to once a year and they think that that's, you know, the, the pinnacle and all they need to do. And it's basically like the bare minimum. And, and don't get me wrong, man, I don't go at all. So I can't really talk to that too much but for the general individual who just lives kind of how they're told to live and you know this this physician tells them once a year about you know what to do can you shed a little bit of light on how much actual nutritional advice a physician even is, is privy to is privy to zero um they get an average of average okay, an average of four hours of education on nutrition me in my nursing program had maybe no it was an elective there was no nutrition education given to me as a nurse but we had six credits of pharmaceutical um, pharmacy we had um, information on how to deal with side effects so nothing on nutrition, nothing on the impact of nutrition, nothing on supplementation, nothing on alternative, you know, there's some information that we get. It's almost, it feels like it's just like a, an elective, right? Like it's just, let's just throw all of alternative medicine and healthcare in this one course. 
Um, so I wasn't exposed to like Reiki, chiropractor, you know, holistic naturopaths until like probably 10 years after um, I graduated because it was considered non, they weren't, they weren't considered a part of the healthcare team. Right. So I think that's where we're failing. Well, you know, I think we're better now with our population, but even then that's what we're facing against with the medical industry. Are they going to accept um, us being an advocate for our own healthcare? I mean, if they're saying that they're overworked and they can't manage the system, then you need to work with the patients and be like, okay, you did your research on your health. How can I support you? And this is where I kind of bring up like at-home labs and finding like paying attention to your markers, bringing those things to your doctor, like even as simple as your waist measurement, because does your doctor even check your waist measurement? You know, they'll put you on a scale, they'll check your height and then they calculate your BMI. Well, you, your BMI might be considered morbidly obese because you have more muscle and more frame, but are you really morbidly obese? You're probably healthier than people. You know what I mean? So it's like, they're basing right. it on a number that doesn't make any, that there's no research to say that the BMI is going to place you in a chronic condition or chronic health condition. Whereas waist measurement will tell you that you have a problem with body fat. You might have a problem with your waist to hip ratio, which puts you at risk for cardiovascular disease, you know, all the things, diabetes, cancer, right? So they don't even talk about that. Like, even if they stick to their own areas of knowledge in terms of health conditions, even if they say, you know what, you need to manage your waist. It's too high. You need to lose at least two inches. And the next time I see you within six months, come back and six. if they even just said that, that I would actually, you know, honor that. But they'll just ask you, okay, what's your symptom? Okay, I'll just write a prescription up for it. And then I'll, I'll pass it on. But we have to remember too, even as a patient that we are going to a doctor of medicine, so their specialty is in medicine. So I'm going to my doctor because I'm giving a symptom that is you know, problematic for me. They're going to give me a medicine for that problem. But we go there sometimes thinking that they're going to solve our whole health problem. We expect them to act like a holistic health practitioner and that's not what they are. So there's fault on both ends in terms of how it's falling, but we have to know one of the things that um, I encourage people to do is start putting together their own healthcare team. <laughs> And knowing who does what for what, because you've probably seen a number of different like holistic practitioners, a Reiki yeah. practitioner, massage therapist, a chiropractor, you know where they fit in your healthcare team. Um, that's what you should do, right? That's how you start taking ownership of your health because you're like, okay, I know now I need a chiropractor because this is their role. I understand what their role is in my health. That's who I'm going to go to. I'm going to go to a massage therapist because I know that this is the role that they play. So if we have a better understanding of different uh, modalities of health care, then we can access the right person versus just always going to the doctor. But they train us because of our insurance benefits. You have to go to the doctor to get a referral to a physician. You know, sometimes they say like, oh, I can't get my health benefits until I have a referral to see a massage therapist. Well, that's when you kind of have to ask the question, what's more important, saving money or getting better? Right. Yeah. So it's that fine balance of um, what you're going to do. And I tell people, take full advantage of your benefits. You're you're spending money. If you're working a nine to five and you work in the corporate healthcare system and you've got healthcare benefits, take full advantage of everything as much as you possibly can, because you are paying for it mm -hmm. um, and it's there for you. But that's what insurance companies rely on. Right. Like you're not using them. 
Yeah, kind of like the gyms, right? That's exactly how they are, are able to function is not by people who go to the gym. It's the people who fucking don't go to the gym. Yeah. Those memberships yeah. that just lie stagnant, right? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, there was something you brought up there, and I actually want to bring up a quote from uh, an individual named Voltaire. And what he says is doctors are people, um, something along the lines of doctors are those who prescribe medicines for I got to look this up because it's so prevalent. It's mm-hmm. very. Uh... Sounds familiar. This podcast is brought to you by our sponsor, Yorco. All of us know how important our health is, and Yorco has your health as its top priority. From white pine tincture to give you that daily dose of high-quality vitamin C and boost the immune system, to all-natural healing salves and soaps for day-to-day use. Everything is all-natural, handcrafted, and 100% all-Canadian with zero harmful ingredients. We all know almost all store-bought products and over-the-counter medications are causing a world of problems for us and our families. So keep you and your family safe with all-natural herbal remedies from Yorko. Visit www.realyorko.com and enter the discount code 7SHOW for 10% off your purchase. That's www.realyorko.com and enter the discount code 7SHOW for 10% off of your purchase. Now back to the pod. It was good. I actually used it in a quote. Uh, Here it is. So he explained, uh, doctors are men who prescribe medicines of which they know little to cure diseases of which they know less in human beings of which they know nothing. And it was one of those things that I heard that was absolutely fucking just so bang on. I used that Mm -hmm. literally in a speech like two years ago. Um, And it was one of those things that the reason that I tried to show that to people was like, you, you really need to understand that all they know is that they're taught about pharmacology. They're not at all taught about you. Like the most advanced person in the hospital to know about you would probably be the surgeon simply because he's legitimately entering your body. Yeah. And most surgeons look at them. They're not in shape. They're not, you know, they, they eat whatever they can. They work long hours. They sleep like shit. They rarely drink water. They're in a high pressure situation all day long. Their job is these people die young. Right. Right? right. And they're the ones. Or, and why are we you. taking what they tell us? Are they being the example of what they say? And that's what I that's why they don't say those things. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there was one of um Vernus's parents' physician, he was giving high blood pressure medication and he had a stroke in the clinic, like right after the appointment. He was overweight, he was diabetic, and he's giving um, you know, his parents diabetic medication, high blood pressure medication, not talking about exercise, not talking about what they eat, not bringing it up. You know, we can tell our parents to not do certain things, but you know, they want to hear from Mm. the doctor and the doctor is not supporting that. So why should I stop eating potatoes and rice when the doctor said I can just take this medication? So that's what we fight against, right? Like there's a, there's a level of, it's that halo effect, right? Mm. It's it's where they're like, okay, it's a doctor. I'm going to do whatever they say. And that's what we're, this is, this is where it's the fault of us as patients. We're not putting the ownership of on us to be able to say like, I need to take control of my health. I don't like this. I don't want to live this way. I'm not going to just rely on a pill, but you have to ask too, like what, what direction am I going to focus on? Am I going to focus the conventional route? If, if I'm going to be talking to someone and I suggest a non-conventional route, but their brain is focused on the conventional, I'm not going to get through that person. They're going to go to the physician. Um, so as a, as an individual for yourself, ask yourself, what direction do you want to go to? You can't be in both. You can't because 
you're fighting everything. You're just going to constantly question yourself even more. Yeah. And, and so are you a firm believer that we should probably, you know, for our general health, we should probably just stay away from the system almost entirely for that? Um, no, I don't think so. I still believe that we should, especially if we know that we're prone to health problems and we're already kind of falling down the hill, we should start creating a relationship with a practitioner. Um, you know, that's where I feel that, you know, either you develop a relationship with a physician and find one that works for you. So I have a guide on my page where it's just like eight questions to ask the doctor and you have to first focus on yourself. What direction do I want to go to the conventional route or the non-conventional route? And then look for people that's going to support you in that. So if you're going to go straight and go the naturopath route, then make sure that you keep them informed, have a relationship with them. We just can't go to a physician and say, can you write me a prescription? I've got an infection. It doesn't work that way because if you really want to, if you end up getting sick, going to the emergency, if you don't have a relationship with any healthcare professional in, a, in the acute care health system, you're, um, you know, you're kind of thrown in the, you know, you're just thrown into the wolves, but you're healthy. That's why I try to say like as much as possible, stay healthy because healthcare is outside of the doctor's office. Right. So, yeah, I would encourage people like us who are already focused on our health, know the basics. We're practicing the foundations. We can just have our healthcare team. And now we have a relationship with them and we know how to support them. Right. And then that way we can stay away from the healthcare system. I don't think that we should ignore it completely. They have a purpose. They're there for acute health, but they're not there for chronic care. Mm. Yeah. And it, uh, you see, I think it's I think it's really tricky because we're in this very the situation is as follows, right? You're gonna get an individual who you or those individuals who entirely rely on their doctor's advice huh? and are still entirely unhealthy because of that advice. Yeah. And then you're gonna get the people who do exactly what we do and it's like well you know what everything is based largely on okay i know if my mouth is dry i know that it's probably something that i ate did i you know did i eat a little too many carbs is my body just sapping all the water from me do i have to add a little more sodium like there's things that you can uh you know look for in your general health and and it is largely by feel but it's very tricky in a place where the system has created a dynamic where they have almost done a lot more damage than good. And the more you look at that is the more I'm like, fuck, I want you people to find a good physician. But it's way easier said than done. Like they're all full of shit. And I'm, I'm being honest with you for, say, 85 percent of your your life. Right. Unless you break a leg, get a severe infection. That's right. Or have some sort of trauma. I really don't think you should be in a doctor's office. And that's yeah. like, fuck, fuck the relationship. I don't care. Because what, yeah, what is you. having a relationship with somebody who doesn't know shit? I'm wasting and, my time, yes. right? Where I could be speaking to somebody who takes a much more holistic approach, right? That's kind of 100%. like, well, you're right. And your infection is is largely from what? Well, either something was kept unclean, which is yeah. that could happen to anybody. Yeah. But most of the time, your infection is just your body trying to detoxify from who knows how many months of shit. And that's why during the Christmas holidays, what you'll see is people get sick almost immediately coming into that. Your nervous yeah. system finally says, all right, it's time to chill. And your body says, cool, detox time. Yes. And they're like, yeah. well, how do I get sick? It's like, well, because you treat yourself like shit. 
You never worry about calming your nervous system or challenging your mm -hmm. nervous system. Do you ever heighten it at the gym and then allow it to drop back down and then heighten it again and then allow it to like, mm -hmm. there's no variation. People are just up, right? And then yes. they're looking at their phones all day and the dopamine spike. Well, that's all like people's adrenals are just destroyed. Right. So right. when it comes to the system, um, what exact value would you put on the system in a person's life if you had to give it like a one to 10, 10 being, you know, the most value, one being the least? Where do you pin a general physician? Two, three. Yeah. Honestly, two, three. Like they're not a part of if we're healthy and we focus on our foundations, they really shouldn't even be a part of our healthcare mm -hmm. system. I, I agree with right. you in, in that sense, totally. They, they just have a role in if I do something acute, like you said, if sure. I fall and break a leg, if I do yep. certain things. Um, but that's, again, up to the patient that comes in and says, this is what I need from you, right? You're not mm. going to go to a massage therapist and say, can I have an adjustment, mm. right? Why do we go to the doctor thinking that they're going to help fix our, you know, whatever's happening to our health? They're not. They're just going to give you a medicine. So why are we expecting them to be like, you know, I don't, I really don't know half the time why people visit the doctors unless they, they really feel like they want their disease justified. And I honestly hate the fact that individuals identify with disease. I'm, I'm diabetic. I'm blah, blah, blah. No, you have it. And you can work on removing that out of your body or fixing that or improving your markers or your symptoms. You don't, you're not someone who's diabetic. And once we start identifying that we're that person, then we just fall into, yeah, that's what happens to me when I have low sugar, or that's what happens to me when I have high, like, so you're just constantly almost excuse making with taking ownership of your health, right? And that's where I find, you know, those are the ones who are hard to challenge because they're just, they're so attached to that's who I am, right? And you, you see this all the time. You're like, well, what do you mean? Like, I'm blah, blah, blah. Well, are you really, or is that what you've identified? And that's your story. Because at what point can you, at what point are you going to change that story? Because you're just coming back to me with the same story over and over again. Like you're not trying to change the story. Um, but you know where they're successful life. They continue to follow that, that book. Yeah. I mean, they're just going to keep writing that over and over again. And it's not our life. It's theirs really. So um, I agree with you. I don't think that the physician has a role. They have a role in one area, two max maybe, but that's it. But we have to know that, too, and put them there. We vote with our dollars, right? So when we say, mm -hmm. you know, if I'm going to go to the healthcare system and access the doctor to get a medication, we're paying him. So if the less we pay him by staying healthy, then they won't be, they'll be less, hopefully they'll be more focused on, on outcomes of care versus, um, you know, hoping that you keep coming back for that hypertension medication every three months so that he can write it up, get paid and, um, that's one of the things I was even talking to Vernus about lately. I'm just, just like, you know, it's hard to, I don't know if you watch that show painkiller. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you have a chance to see that. Right. So mm -hmm. when I was in nursing school, pain was a big thing for me. I wanted to learn, learn about neonatal pain and like, just how are we experiencing pain? Why do some people experience pain more than others? Or, you know, like some people have a high pain threshold. So when this whole thing came up with breakthrough pain, so it showed up in painkiller, right. They're just like, Oh, we have like this we have this idea, we're going to use breakthrough pain. And I thought as a nurse at the time, it was the best idea ever. I'm like, the patient can control their pain. It's patient control anesthesia. Whenever there's breakthrough pain, they have access to medication. But my, I thought about my mindset at that time. And I'm like, I can't believe that I was, but in my mind at the time, my intention was to ensure that the individual didn't experience any pain. 
but you know the pharma the pharmaceutical industry you obviously use that for something different so when you mm. when we talk about the healthcare system and how like how were they trained to implement or or give an intervention to somebody right so is that doctor giving you the medication because they feel honestly that they can help you um or is it because that they can get paid and, and support that so it goes back with intention mm. right that's where the energy of intention comes in um and that's where we found in the last three years that a lot of that intention was not for care yeah um what do you think the importance of blood work is and just to kind of um i guess add to that how much blood is truly required to test your levels a couple of drops so why do they take all of this blood right they need to stick a needle in your arm when they could easily just prick your finger get rid of all the people who have issues with needles and that's it so why why are they not just doing exactly what they do for a diabetic give you a quick shot take a couple drops and test it from that like why why has this been such a a huge thing why do they keep rolling with the system like that good afternoon everybody i'll let you answer the question that was a great question yeah it was a great question um we can come up with some theories about that but a lot of the times they say it's more so for just in cases or if we need to check again um but i, re I really don't know i wish i i had um a straight answer for that but really this is why at-home lab testing is effective right we can measure those same things that we look at from the doctor there's some things that we need blood work for right but in terms of the amount that's collected i really don't know where the rest of it goes um i don't know if you did any research on that one but we know that you don't need all of that well i know where i know where so whenever you take uh if you were to donate blood for instance i don't know how many people know this but 80 percent of your blood plasma is actually sold on a private market uh, by the Red Cross, and we could get into that whole thing. That's a whole other discussion. Mm -hmm. um, but why do we find that blood work is such a, a a tool of diagnostic? Why do you think it's such a valuable tool for people? Well, we can get lots of information from that. We can find out, you know, how your how your how your blood is managing your health. So let's say we're collecting, like you said, with blood sugar. Okay, we can monitor that. There's other mm. ways that we can monitor blood sugar and there's other ways we can monitor cortisol, but blood is kind of the more accurate way because it's always moving. It's circulating. We can find out in real time what's happening yeah. with, our, yeah. with our blood. Um, but it does, it gives us a lot of information in terms of how our body is responding to what we're doing. And I think it's a good confirmation tool as well. That, you know, mm. when people are feeling certain ailments or not feeling like themselves, et cetera. I think, you know, if you're getting the proper, proper blood work done, it helps narrow down a lot of things as well, right? And take some things into consideration because we also know that uh, a symptom is a manifestation of many things, right? And when a doctor is generally looking at treating a symptom, they're just looking at a bunch of commonalities and being, okay, these things narrowed down to this point and this type of treatment, right? And then that's when the bio-individuality just comes to a complete halt, you know what I mean? But I definitely mm -hmm. think it's a good way for people to, you know, and we always say, like, let's confirm health. Like, let's not go into the blood test thinking that, you know, it's going to find something that we're dreaded to hear about. Like, let's get used to having that as confirming health. You know, there is, that's our check engine light, but, you know, yeah. you have to have it in your, in your intuition to be like, hey, let me get a confirmation that everything is going good right so let's talk about the in-home labs then because i think that's uh 
Now there's the, there's there's the in-home labs which I want to talk about their benefit, but then I also want to talk about the cost of them cuz they are fucking expensive. Mm-hmm. Um so yes, they are great. Um but let's be honest, man, a lot of people especially nowadays just don't have the ability to do that and the blood tests that they're going to get from their doctors free. Um mm-hmm. so what are the benefits to the the at-home blood tests and would you recommend them? Um sorry, what was the first question? What are the benefits to having an in-home blood test? Okay, well, the benefits, number one, is you can do it in the privacy of your own home. You're not having to put vials of blood into, um, you know, and have it sent off. You don't have to go to the Dynacare and have to deal with being told to wear masks um, and dealing with people that are there. You don't have to get permission to find something out from the doctor, you know, mm. a lot of times, the doctor, you know, we've had guys that want to go in and be like, you know, test, you know, get their testosterone checked. And the doctor said to them, well, do you have an erection when you wake up in the morning? Okay, you're good. Didn't ask about the strength of erection. Does it happen every morning? Yeah. Does it happen any other time throughout the day? When you're ready to use that erection, how is that for you? You know what I mean? So yeah. those are certain situations. And then I, you know, another one, you know, my client, he owns like a like a like a care company. So they deal with the people who are like quadriplegics, et cetera. So I think of people in those situations as well. It would be there's so many barriers to them getting their labs actually done. And when you think about the importance of someone who's not moving, you know finding out what their blood is saying is very, very important. A lot of times, you know, people who are in those those situations, they pass away from complications of not moving. Things start degrading because they're not moving. That's not being monitored. And it's kind of like, well, that's just what happens. Does it have to happen that way? I don't think so. And I know you don't think mm. so, but we have to, we have to monitor yeah. those things. So it's a balance between, you know, how important is your health to you? And that's not to say the people that literally can't afford it. That's, that's a different situation, but there is also strategies, you know, there is situations in your life. Like I had a client and he's super smart, super smart guy, just very witty. He's a dentist by practice, but he's like a master marketer. And he always says, when someone says they can't afford something, ask them to go through their life and look at all the little things that they spend money on and ask them if they eliminated that, could they afford it? You know, someone you're smoking a pack of cigarettes, okay. or you're spending $8 a day at Tim Hortons or wherever else, because if you start saving that up, at the end of a couple of the months, you, you could have enough for, for a lap, you know? And they're not all hundreds of dollars either. When we break them down into little subsections, they're actually, some of them could be under $100 too. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah so cost does play a role, but that's why we bring up, like, what are the symptoms? What can you manage on your own without having to test? Right. What can you do? And, you know, if you this is where you can access the doctor and just say, hey, I want a requisition for this, this and this. Most times they'll do the basic blood work. But you might Mm. be like, I want to know, like my testosterone and my thyroid and get really down to the nitty gritty numbers. And some doctors will say yes. And some doctors will say no. So the at home lab test gives you the opportunity to do that yourself. Um, But ideally, if you want to save on costs, go as much as possible, get those markers from the doctor, but they're most times they're not going to do it. Like, for example, vitamin D is a big one. Like if Mm. we can just find out all doctors will tell, well, most doctors that I've had when my clients have gone there, they're like, everybody has low vitamin D. Just start taking some vitamin D drops. Just take 15. Can I measure? I want to measure, right? Like you and me could be doing the same practices, going in the sun, taking (laughs) vitamin D, doing all the things that we can do to boost our vitamin D. But am I um, boosting my levels as fast as you are or as slow as you are, we don't know. 
what is my uptake? What is yeah. my metabolic uptake? You know? And another thing, like, and, and that's what we fail to mention. We always say, you know, Marianne is a great conduit for information to arm yourself before you go into the doctor's office. So there's a checklist of things that you can use to prepare yourself to go into the doctor's office to feel like you have a little bit more control. Because a lot of times people just, and I've seen my parents do it. You know, you've probably seen people that are your loved ones that are older do it because they've been programmed. Yeah. That's like a teacher. You don't go in the class and interrupt the teacher. You just let them go. You're not actually told that you should be asking questions to get the most out of it. And we've experienced this where a doctor will actually respect you more if you're asking yep. some relevant questions, they're like, okay, well, you're engaged. <laughs> you're not just another person and just coming through the mill. And sometimes we have to do those things. And that's another box to make sure we check off before we need to get at home labs. Am I doing everything on this side and walls, 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 walls. Now this is pretty much my only choice or my best choice. Right. Mm. So I think vitamin D is a good place to uh, kind of start dissecting general health now are you guys firm believers that everybody should be supplementing with some sort of vitamin D? No. Neither because am I. And it's the reason I say that is simply because, uh, you know, I did the same thing. I was like, you know what? It sounds fucking logical. It makes you know sense. What I mean? Like if everybody is low, I'm not in the sun as much as a lot of the construction workers I know and their vitamin D is, you know, is low. So I'm like, you know what? Like dude, there can't be a problem in me taking it. And then all of a sudden I start taking, you know, just 3000 IUs and I'm dizzy. I, I feel faint. I feel completely off balances off. I feel like I have fucking who knows, like Lyme disease or some shit. Yeah. Like you just feel mm -hmm. awful. And your off. body might not be metabolizing it. And that's, you're getting a reaction to that. Right. And that's right. Why, and, right? and that's you're what it is. Something, right. Yeah. But I'm also a person who intakes i would say my diet is probably 70 percent animal products like so i just don't need the vitamin yeah. d and that's right? like, it goes back to bioindividuality <laughs> i just was posting a bunch of stuff of that in my thing because this guy was saying how everybody should be living a plant-based lifestyle and you know if you get eat the meat, fuck out of here yeah. man trust me bro and then it's just like you know so what about what about the the inuit what about our eskimos like who eat like fruits and berries two months of the year and the rest of the time it's blubber and fat and organ meats right like or blubber meat and organ meat so what are you saying about them right how come they don't get scurvy well they have a different gene that that gets the vitamin c that they need from what they eat and we don't have that so we have to eat differently than them but that doesn't mean their way is any more right than the way we're eating but like you said people get it in their head and it was we were on that path one time too where we live in winnipeg it's a winter province we must be deficient i'm a black man i must be deficient but I didn't know that until I started testing. And then literally my numbers were actually high. One of my vitamin D markers was actually high. And you know why? It was from all those nuts that I was putting in my shakes. So I yeah. had to tamper yeah, down yeah. those ones, right? But imagine if I'm like, just thinking, well, I need to supplement, not thinking that I'm getting it from the nuts and my diet, et cetera, and thinking, well, I need to supplement more. Then I'm putting myself in a dangerous place, right? And remember, mm -hmm. this is us who are more aware of our body and how to take care of it. We're paying attention to the symptoms, right? The average person that's, you know, supplementing with vitamin D might not even know. Yeah. Yeah. what's going on yeah. they might think it's from yeah. exercise a lot of the times they think it's from exercise yeah. oh, i'm feeling dizzy because it's so, probably this new workout this like, new workout right? and, and I, I like i guess it could be but i mean to try to say that like the thing your body was designed to do is all of a sudden fucking you up like if you're doing crossfit yeah okay yeah. and why because you're you're bringing your you're 
look, and if you're taking CrossFit, get fucked. I'm just going to say it. Um, you guys love to think that this is like the best for you, but I'd like to see you in 10 years. I'd love to see how your joints are feeling. I would love to see, you know, if your metabolism crashes like fucking crazy as soon as you stop doing CrossFit and then you got to entirely fix everything because yes. you've you've overexerted yourself yes. every single fucking yes. time. And yes. people are like, oh, but it's a great workout. I'm like, cool, man. Just go fucking just run and every fucking 20 steps do a burpee. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, same like shit. We yeah. always say, like, doing CrossFit makes you better at what? Crossfit. You can go to the gym and do specific things to make That's you it. better at many different things, right? So the, in yeah. my mind, there is no comparison to a focused workout in the gym as compared to a CrossFit activity, right? You can be really good mm -hmm. at CrossFit. That doesn't really make you, unless you're doing farmer's carry, and that's like part of your daily job. I mean, sure, yeah. that, you know what I mean? But for the average person, you know, I have clients and friends who are physiotherapists, and when CrossFit really got big, their business increased because people were coming mm -hmm. in with these boom, right? Mm -hmm. Just like the barefoot running. People just put those Vibrams on and they started running all over the place and messing up their feet. More money for therapists, right? Yeah. Because people go all in without thinking how it applies to them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could take, um, look, you could take a, and, and I got to be careful with this. So let's just, let's pretend that we're not talking about drugs and simply talk about injuries right you could take yeah. a bodybuilder who's been bodybuilding from 16 to fucking 70 yeah. and sure he's gonna have more internal shit because he's been you know taking juice yeah. yeah how many injuries is he gonna have as opposed to a five-year crossfitter right like the injuries on the crossfitter are dude, insane and then you never get a chance to like work around it you can't because your no, whole body you is required all yeah. the time, right? Yeah. And it's like, man, you guys got to take it easy. And I'm glad that it's kind of really died down. Like CrossFit mm -hmm. boxes are like a thing of the past. They just yes. almost don't exist anymore. Yes. Yes. Um, yes. But it's one of these things that I think people need. Um, I think that that was one of the worst trends to, to ever come into society. I think that it was uh, something that fucked up a lot of people. And what I saw was a lot of people that were big get bigger. Because yeah. it was like, you know, that oh, I do CrossFit twice a week. And man, it crushes me so bad. I can't work out for three days. And I'm like, cool. So climb. now you're sitting on your couch consuming the same amount of calories as you did the yeah. day that you were doing CrossFit. Right. Yeah. And it's like, uh, you we had a client whose wife, wife was a big CrossFitter. And she was already a bigger lady by nature, like more like an Icelandic kind of stature. And the CrossFit just made her bigger because not necessarily because, oh, she's lifting heavy weights. Not that. The inflammation oh. and the stress on the body and then how much Damn. downtime there had to be where literally she, like you said, could not get off the couch, couldn't function properly, threw up my back, you know, my hamstrings off now. And then it's all those chain injuries, right? So first it's my back, then it's my hamstring, then it's my Achilles. Or in, the, mm. or in the reverse direction. And that's all that happened. Because then you go back and you're pressured by the time and the person beside you. And you're just trying to match your numbers that you had before. And then you're taking yourself further and further away from your ideal fitness level. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you're, you're getting somebody that's that's new and it's like, all right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to deadlift. We're going to Olympic lift. And it's like your first day. Yeah. You're going to attempt an Olympic lift yeah. on your first day. You trying to cripple this person? Yeah. You're going to get them to deadlift on their first? People don't even get then... deadlifts for like three months of programming for us because right. I got to make sure that your form is correct. Like, you know, because most of the time you're doing it on your own. I got to make sure we're building up different levels of fitness and plateauing there before we add stuff in. You know, and people ask, oh, how come there's no deadlifts in the program? And I'm like, do you know how to deadlift? Like, you have to know how to deadlift. It's not a bicep curl, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
Yeah. So Marianne, what, what do you think though about uh, compound lifts in general? Like what's your, what do you think for, for women? I think we need to do them. I think we need mm -hmm. to do them with weight for sure. Um, I think women underestimate how much we can carry. So compound movements are easy. We do it all the time, but we just don't add um, challenge. Yeah. Not progressive overload. We don't We're do not any progressive overload. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, but and if, do, if, do if you, you think, think about, I'm going to go back to that CrossFit thing. Cause I was just, I was kind of thinking about it. I'm like, when you think about the psychology of the human, why do we do, why was CrossFit such a big thing? It was community. Mm -hmm. They wanted to yeah. be around people. There's a competitive mindset. There's, you know, there's competition in there. There's so reward. is it, is it the exercise really, or was it the community? Okay. So now we have to just use, you know, and this is why we have all these trends and gyms that are coming up. Let's take the lessons from that and make it better but it's not getting better. Like we knew that with the CrossFit community it was because of community. It was because of people, they wanted competition. They wanted to challenge themselves. Okay. Why didn't we move that to something better? We ended up getting mm. orange, orange, orange theory, theory. And, and all those other places, you know? right. Where it's, it's, it's the same feeling, but the results are negative, right? We always see people at orange theory. They just come out, they've lost a lot of muscle, yeah. you know, because it's just based on the red zone. And then they knew that it was a flaw. So they started adding, you know, weight in there, but the heaviest weight in the gym was like 50 pounds. And that, you understand, like, it's just, you're trying to make up for a deficiency, but this, the theory itself needs correction, right? You can't have it, you can't have it based on that. And, and one of the things we found is like, so we work out a, at a gym here, right? Like the gym is not the cleanest gym by far. It doesn't have the newest equipment. It has everything you could think of a lot of old school stuff, but it's the fact that from the first day we went there, everybody was like, majority of people are like, Hey, how's it going? They say, hi, what's up? It wasn't like, Oh, who are you? And we found that when we used to try to work out a good life and stuff, it was very cliquey because it was like, you were a good life person or you were like a snap fitness person and you couldn't just come in and just, you know, it was very cliquey. So I think the same thing, the gyms that out there, and I know this is a segue from different, but anybody who's thinking of a way to improve their gym or make, like a comment to their gym owners you have to make it more of a community right it's not my gym it's our gym right big difference mm -hmm. right yeah yeah i don't know if you're clicked up with like your gym like you're a gang you're a fucking dork <laughs> um it's it's the weirdest thing ever like back in the day it was the same there, thing right yeah. like all the people talking about like oh yo i only go to extreme fitness bro i'm like Dude, you're only there because it's easy for you to grab your testosterone in the fucking dressing yeah. room. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know I mean? like, the rest of the guys have the dispensary there too. Yeah, <laughs> right. So it's like, that's the reason that most people are there. And like, it is, it truly is something like that, man. And I want to remind people that uh, uh, I don't care who you are. Um, your muscle doesn't know what gym you're at and it really doesn't give a fuck. It nope. knows that it has a stimulus and it needs to respond to that stimulus. Period. So I don't know why people have to be paying all this money. And dude, for almost my entire fitness life, I've always gone to fit for less. You know how much mm -hmm. it costs? 10 bucks. bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Oh, dude, man, I got the black. I got the black card. It's nineteen. You get free tanning. <laughs> <laughs> I'll use that shit. But uh, anyway, like let's let's skip back to compound list before we just start dogging people yes. and i want people to go to the gym so i don't want to talk shit yes. um <laughs> so when it comes to the compound list what, what what do you guys do to prep somebody for getting into compound lists and then what are the first compound lifts that you guide them towards so for me it's making sure that i do a fitness test first and i figure out where people are having their most difficulty the fitness test includes ability as well what's the fitness test so I design it. It'll be different for everybody, right? So I've met you, had a conversation about your history. We've spoken about your injuries, et cetera, et cetera. So for example, 
I know that it would be a lot easier for a person who has a history of a little bit of shoulder issues to do an overhead press on the Smith machine than to ask them to take two dumbbells, right? Yeah. Because that one shoulder, right, is going to be an issue. So that's how I design my fitness as to see what you can do in those parameters. And then if there's certain exercises that we know you can't do, we figure out why you can't do them, right? Because yeah. there couldn't be anything that you're afraid of. We know it's the education behind the deadlift. Okay, cool. Yeah. But why can't I do a dumbbell standing press instead of the Smith machine, right? So we're going to explain that. And then once that person builds up that shoulder mobility and strength, then we can shift over to that. That's kind of how I, I designed my my fitness test, right? And then we always go back to that as a baseline and see where they're building from. Now, what about you? Are you similar with how you kind of address yeah, that? I'm similar. I do. I focus on the core and the posterior chain too. So mm. making sure that they're engaging the muscles. A huge part of my approach is that they know what to feel. Um, you know, so that if they're lifting up a weight, like get really present with the exercise, people just get so focused on like, okay, I'm going to do this exercise. I'm going to follow this. Okay. Like, are you feeling the right muscles? Are you engaging everything? Um, if we're doing an arm workout, are you focused on the arms? Right. So it's really knowing what to feel when you're doing a certain exercise, because you can go do bicep in 10 different ways. Um, but the focus is that, you know, what muscle that you're working and that you're engaging that properly. And then when it comes to deadlifts, what are some of the most common mistakes? And look, guys, I I'm only bringing up deadlifts yeah. because it is literally the fucking deadlifts and squats are the core of I, I never do a session without doing one of the two. Mm -hmm. I'll never do them in the same day because no, no, of course, of course. Up. Yeah. But when you're doing like, you know, those those are the two. If you can continue doing those from childhood into your fucking your deathbed days. Yeah. Dude, you're going to have excellent hip mobility you're gonna have yeah. a wicked posterior chain rib strength out the chain everything so it's one of those things that like i feel we really need but what are some of the um you know the the, the things that you guys see that people typically do wrong when just trying to do a deadlift without any experience so number number one they're too tight in their hips right so they're too tight in their hips and that's usually caused from a weakness in their hamstrings and their quads are way too strong. So because of that, they end up doing a lot of pulling with their lower back instead of pulling from their feet up through the chain, mm. right? number one. Number two, the ego. Nobody wants to go in and just use the bar and just use the bar and just perfect the bar and then add on 10 pounds. Everybody wants a thick bumper plate and load it up and stuff like that. You know what I mean? But nobody wants to start with the basics. So like Marianne says, they don't even know what they're supposed to feel. Right? right. They just yeah. know they're supposed to strain the fuck out of it and spit everywhere and barely get it done. But because really, when you're in the gym, it's rare to see anybody doing deadlifts for reps. People are just trying to max out all the time. I rarely mm -hmm. see. Oh, it's their fourth set of deadlifts. OK, well, they're going to build some endurance and a strength foundation. Nope. Three sets going hard, slamming it all over the place. Right. And that's where the Rocky Foundation is built. And then they max out on their weight. And one day they try to go just a little higher and everything falls apart. Right. Mm. Everything falls what are some, apart. What are some of the things that you see for women when they start to try to just deadlift out of nowhere? For women, I think it's the same thing. It's more so can they they want to include it because they know that it's going to help their glutes. Yes. Um, and, and their this and their and their core is weak, right? So you know the women who have like what is it called the anterior pelvic, pelvic tilt. tilt, right, where they stick their their butt out. So they're trying to do that, trying to do a deadlift, and you're not supposed to do that. So same thing. It's like you have to know your um, 
you have to prime your body to, to deadlift. And that's when Vernus talks about, like, you have to warm up your body. You have yeah. to get the central nervous system prepared for lifting weight. And if yeah. you're going to mm. go forward and lift up the heavy weight or do these things for show or whatever on the, you know, just to have it on Instagram or whatever, you're not, you're not really doing a deadlift. Yeah. You're doing, yeah, you're, you're not, you're not serving your, your purpose. purpose. And there was an old, there's a, I shouldn't call him an older guy because he keeps saying he's old, but he's not old. Right. And his nickname is stretch. The guy walks around with a duffel bag and he has a bunch of different balls and bands. And he has like uh like this prong shaped thing and he's activating his body. So he was watching me do bench press one day and I was loading more weight and I went to put a 25 on. He's like, oh, why don't you put a 45 on? I'm like, oh, I'm like, you know, my shoulders a little bit. I don't really want to push it or whatever. And he's like, yeah, I saw that you were good on the way up, but you're kind of falling out of the hole. And you know what that means, right? This side was good on and this side kind of dropped out. So we came yeah. and we did some things and he, I don't know what the guy did, but I felt like I was going to faint afterwards. Because he just, there was some blockage in my shoulder and he just released yeah, man. I had to sit down afterwards. My face started sweating and it was like, there we go again. Even me, who's an experienced lifter, didn't realize that I'm also working through dysfunction. I'm just mm -hmm. not bro lifting where it caught up to me, but that mm -hmm. dysfunction was still an issue, right? So that's another thing where it's like, you got to be in those places where there's people who actually know what they're talking about and actually care about other people to give a suggestion. He didn't have to do that for me. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But that's just an example of like, you know, sometimes it's good to find someone to check you and just make sure that even your form is correct to make sure that you're not doing something. We could all use a tune up. Right. Yeah, absolutely, man. And if somebody was just a, if they walked up to you today and said, yo, um, I'm going to deadlift. Fuck all the, you know, things that you're saying. I don't care. I just want to deadlift and they have to deadlift. What are some of the cues that you would give them to at least try to guide them in the right direction? You want me to start? Go ahead. All right. Number one, understand your breathing and the strength of your diaphragm. You know as well as I know, if you're not breathing properly, that lift isn't really going where it's supposed to go, right? Your diaphragm is actually another strength sector, I call it, you know? And if you're not activating that, then you're not as strong as you could be. And the second one that I see all the time, wherever you are looking when you, or so I should say, wherever your neck position and head position is, when you start to load, has to stay there through the whole freaking movement. I'm tired of seeing people, they're, you know, they're coming up and then they're looking at themselves in the mirror partway. And then afterwards, like they're grabbing behind their neck and it's like, yeah, everything yeah, no is locked shit. up and engaged and you're trying to <laughs> burn through all of that engagement. Stop looking at yourself, record yourself, but yes. looking at yourself. And that's the third thing is record yourself and really be critical of your form. It doesn't hurt to go to YouTube and find some expert who's really good at deadlifting and compare your form to them and take notes and keep correcting yourself. If you're not going to be smart about it, at least be smart about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Cause, and again, man, the reason that I say deadlift is just there's, if there's one movement I see in the gym that is done by so many fucking people who haven't, a single clue what they're doing it has to be the deadlift and number two and, is hip thrust dude and, and we're about to get into that i was just about to get into <laughs> hip thrust because hip thrust is is exactly what you see them go from deadlifts to doing right <laughs> that's exactly what they do it's like it's always coupled one is always before the other and that's that's kind of the sequence but yep. yo look and, and i asked this too because i had this asked to me uh when i was at the gym not yesterday but the day before uh, I was doing deads and somebody asked me like, yo, bro, how do you come in here cold 225? And it's like, well, first of all, 
if you notice when I walk up to the bar, there's one thing I do that you don't, bro. I'm getting amped because you know why I don't get injured because my CNS knows how much I'm trying, how much tension I'm about Good to right put in. it under. Right. right so, man, when I walk up there, I spread my toes. I fucking slam my feet like I'm trying to press them through the floor. Yes. You know what I mean? I take yeah. a huge deep breath. I get like real aggressive. I yeah. grab the bar. I give it like a couple little tugs of my arms. I squeeze the bar like I'm trying to bend it in half. And then yeah. I lift. And yeah. it's like, well, why do you do that? Like you could just lift. Well, no, man, my central nervous system needs to know right now yeah, man. that I'm about to take on a heavy load. And I don't go anymore in 225. Like I could easily go 405. Right. But why? Why? That's not ser- and I'm going to be sore tomorrow. And then my hamstrings good, bro. I'm going to try to be at work and be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I can't, can't wait. That's not fun bed. anymore. My There's ass no bragging about that over yeah. a beer. Yeah, man. My chest is like so sore, bro. I was killing it the other day in the gym. <laughs> like, you know, a good soreness is okay, but debilitating soreness. You know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah, like, yeah. Said, we always say, like, I was training with one of my clients the other day. Like, he was working out with me. And he's like, man, like, when I'm in the gym doing your program, I'm usually in for an hour and a half, even though it's designed for an hour. And, you know, I'm noticing when I'm training with you, we're out here and like, we're out in like 50 minutes. And I said, yeah. And you notice like, there was no long conversation. Like I want to keep my intensity up. Like I'm in a zone. It's almost like, it's like we're fighting and then ding, 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 you get a quick break. And then, okay, it's back to action because the minute you start letting that energy come down, your form is going to break down as well. Cause now you're becoming Mm -hmm. casual about your lift instead of taking it as an intense movement where everything's locked in. Now it's casual. You're kind of remembering the score up on the screen. Someone walks by. I see that type of stuff all the time, you know, and that's, that's a short-term habit. That's going to create a long-term injury. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, what is your beef with hip thrust? And I'm only asking you because you wanted to talk about it, but uh, hip thrusts, I guess, break them down. Let's talk about them. So number one, I never was a fan of hip thrust until we went to a we went to a conference and I got to learn from Brett Contreras. So I understood, I put aside the mania and I got to understand the full science behind it, right? So knowing that now, I appreciate the movement. Majority of our clients do it, et cetera. But in the gym, it's another thing where people think, okay, I'm um um hip thrusting all of this weight. And my butt is going to be super big. So you're going to see me lifting these weights and you're going to equate that to my big butt. No one's focusing. Is your range of motion correct? Right. Mm. Are you even set up properly? Should you be doing it? And just because you're doing it on a bench, a bench at one gym might be two inches higher or lower than the other. That could change, especially for women who are generally in the gym under six feet tall. Right. When you're over six feet tall, you can make you can make, you know, ad- adaptations and certain sure, things don't yeah. affect you as much as if you were shorter. So now I see it where they're struggling to get up on the bench. They're like looking up at the ceiling, using far too much weight, or they just don't want to go back through the basics and be like, I'm just going to put a 45 on each side. I'm going to squeeze at the top. I'm going to let the muscle work. Everything is like power with momentum, power with momentum. You don't see anybody really squeezing. You know what I mean? Mm. Right. Mm. What about you? What do you see? It's it's the priming. You guys brought it both up. You guys, like you said, when you're deadlifting, the main thing that you do is prime your central nervous system to know what it has to do. So we do a practice with individuals, the RPR system to, yes. pri- to set up their nervous system, warm them up, get them engaged so that the glutes know that it has to work. Yes. But we see people in the gym, same thing. They go straight into their exercise. They're not priming the muscle. They're paying attention to their phone. They're not checking in with their form. And as soon as they do the thrust, we're like, there's 10 things.
things wrong yeah. with their and form. And it like drives us crazy. We're in the gym yeah. because we're like, I just want to help that person. Like he's definitely going to get hurt. Like you just see it. Like, <laughs> bro. Just, it's like bro, I, I should yeah. do something, you yeah. know? I know, dude. It's like how, how there's guys who, the thing about it is when guys ego lift on bench press, you can look mm. real silly in the gym. When a girl ego lifts on a hip thrust, she just can't get it off the ground. Right. Mm. So hip thrusting is ego lifting for girls that yeah. bench pressing is for guys because mm. you see it. Right. It's not about the form. Right. Or you see everybody's doing the exact. Do you know there's like probably, I don't know, 15 or 20 different foot placements and variations for the hip thrust. But you see everybody doing the exact same one because there's a hip thrust. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Big butt, hip thrust, big butt. And they're not thinking, OK, is that working for you? My femur is longer than your femur. You should be doing a different one. Have you staggered your feet? Do you have an imbalance? Are you feeling it when you're right doing place. it in the right yes. places, right? Yeah. You know, simple things like that. And it's a great exercise. But again, it's not being used correctly. Everybody wants to max out on it, right? Yeah. I mean, even when you're doing a leg press on any machine, and no, I never use the leg press where your feet are above you and you're pushing weight upward, bro, mm -hmm. that shit fucking destroys my lower back. It doesn't it like, and I like that. And that's good for me, right? Because I have a yeah. longer, so long legs, you know what I mean? It's fine for I me. I don't like it either. But, but yeah, and my... Right. yeah and my range of motion is just real small like it just it's almost like why the fuck am i here yeah, yeah i can yeah. load it to shit I mean, but if my range of motion is like four inches right then what's the point i'd much rather do like a just a normal seated leg press with a giant plate in front of you yeah. and quite honestly man i can hit every single i can hit my my inner hamstring yeah. i can hit my outer hamstring my lower glute my upper yeah. glute just, move your just, feet around. just with exactly a little higher a little lower yeah. but you gotta like dude i tell people all the time i close your eyes Yes. Like just close your eyes and try to say, okay, I'm doing this movement and I need to feel it the exact same yeah. on both sides. And it's going to feel weird. You're going to feel like, oh, something's out of place. I'm like, no, no, you're just originally out of place. Yes. I know, dude, I got into a car accident years ago and my collarbone was repressed in and then mm -hmm. popped back into place. But all of my ribs got bruised and it all yeah. healed up and there was really nothing anybody could do. So now I permanently have, if you see me shoulder press, one side of my chest is always off. Yeah, it's just yeah. that's how it's that's yeah. how I heal. Right. Yeah. So there's really no way to cure it. So now everything I do, even I never do any sort of shoulder presses out wide. I always at the bottom, I'll keep my yeah. shoulders, you know, put my yeah. arms yeah. back in. It's a lot yeah. easier. I still get the same pump. But yeah. there's little things that people need to kind of do to tweak it because they're not understanding that. Yeah. OK, you might be able to max out a hip thrust. You need to understand that, like your joints are taking that load, man, like. What is it with people thinking that your muscles just going to be this protective thing forever and that your joints don't like, yo, you may be your, your muscles aren't muscle attached to anything. Your muscles right. aren't attached to anything. It's just, they're just there. Right. Like, and then yeah. that's another thing where, you know, Marin <laughs> made a good thing about warming up, like the, you know, warming up correctly. And then there's people that over warm up, you know what I mean? Yeah. You have to warm up correctly because it's not necessarily mean you're going to be able to lift more weights, but you're going to be able to lift correctly and you're going to be able to engage things correctly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and that's why, like I saw the other day, this guy came in, went on, and he's a guy older than me, went on the incline chest press, put on 225 and just started going to town with like, like three inch reps, but the speed that he was doing it and just cold. Cause he literally just came in and put his stuff in the cubby, you know? And like, he was done that by the time I finished my warm up sets with no weight on the machine, because I'm just getting my mind right. And I'm just like, no wonder he walks around the gym like this, right? Like you realize it has a long term effect if you work out incorrectly. So but but what do you guys think about warming up in general? 
Well, it depends, like what you consider. I would say my warming up is priming, right? So I do mm -hmm. a lot more shoulder priming and stretching and mobility on days that I'm, that I'm doing chest, shoulders, even, even arms, right? Now is when I'm doing on a back day, my most immobile or tight places is my lower back and my hips and my groin. So I tend to spend more time stretching those before I get into my exercise. And I always, every single exercise I do, the, if it's a machine, there's no weight on it. And if it's like, you know, if it's something with a dumbbell, then it's literally the five pound or the whatever the lightest weight is there. Mm -hmm. And I'm going through that, even if it's bicep curls, even if it's, you know, row on the bench, just to get my mind and my machine just focusing on the mm -hmm. task. I don't believe in like, say, warming up where you have to get to a prescribed temperature or a prescribed thing. I think it's more like, you know, and I get it from Mind Pump. I got a lot from those guys is priming your muscles and priming your mind yep. for the task at hand. It doesn't make sense to get my heart rate up to go and do a stationary exercise. Right now, if we're going to do a quick little warm up and say, OK, let's do five minute brisk walk on the treadmill and then, you know, you know, get your arms going a little bit. Now, once we do that, we're going to go over and do some ropes or we're going to hit the heavy bag. Well, there's a purpose for that because we're trying to just bring you up and keep you at that certain level. But I wouldn't say, OK, let's get your heart rate up and let's lay on the floor and do some core now. That just would be counterproductive. Right. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of warming up for me, I think it is beneficial. But like you said, it's 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 being just as intentional with your warm up as you as, as you are with your workout. So if you're going to jump on the treadmill and just do 10 minutes and hang out on your phone and think that you're warmed up, are you really priming the muscle that you're working out that day? I don't think so. Um, so that's where the warm up piece comes in. Are you doing the warm up that's appropriate for that day of your workout? Because I'm not going to warm up, you know, legs by doing cardio, but I'm doing an upper body workout. That's just a useless warm up for me. Yeah. Uh, um, and what do you think about stretching pre exercise? No. No. You can act. You can stretch probably in between like, your workouts. Like, but... I, like you know, I go in the doorway or on a pole. You know, and I just just to get a little range of motion in it because you're driving. I'm at a computer. I'm training my clients, so I'm looking down like that. Like sure, stretching, yeah. Like you know what I mean. But like in terms of like old school, like stretching where you're focusing on getting a further range of motion each time and all that stuff. That is like 1984 mm -hmm. stuff, right? You actually get weaker. Yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. You get yeah. weaker. Yeah. But how much and do you see? You kind of elongate right? your muscles. You want to have the muscles activate. So when you're stretching and right. you're elongating, it's you're you're not really benefit yeah. like that's not a benefit yeah. for you. You want to stretch if you want to stretch, there's nothing wrong with stretching afterwards. Yeah, right? that's bingo. Warm. Yeah. And then that that's actually gonna increase that's actually gonna increase the blood flow, right? Yeah. You're gonna mm -hmm. make it better afterwards, right? And yeah. that that is a time for stretching, right? Yeah, yeah, but I again, you see it all the time. People come in and they're doing this long stretch on the mats before they start, and I'm like, well, that's probably why you've been at the same weight for like a fucking yeah. year, my guy. Yeah. Um, because, well, no, I mean, you're coming in and you're telling your CNS like, ah, relax, stretch. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, dude, and then you're gonna go get to work, bro. I'll be honest with you, I walk in, I don't warm up at all my warm-up is doing the exercises that i'm going to do at a light weight for three sets yeah. and then yeah. i just start ripping because yeah. it's like dude, you, but you've already got you to get in your mind right even on the way to the gym yeah like oh, you're sure to get in yeah. your mind yeah. right you know what i mean it i know what i'm there for wait yeah. for your pre-workout to kick in and then all that type of stuff like it's it's go time you know what i mean dude, in are, are people still using pre-workout all day bro 
all day, every day. I see it all the time. Before they start, they go to the water fountain or they dry scoop. Yeah. We thought it was gone too, but when we went no. to the gym, when we, we had our own gym, gym it was gone. <laughs> but when we, we went back to like, another oh, gym, we're like, oh, they still, they still. This do is this how the rest of the world lives. Yeah, they still do this. Here. Yeah, yeah. Like, do people not see the? So, so actually, fuck it. Let's just talk about it. What do you guys think about pre workouts? Do you find them useful? Do you think there's a place for them? Do you think they're useless? What do you think? So I think that there's certain ingredients that are great for your workout, right? So beta alanine, citrulline, if you were to take those by themselves, they taste like trash. I bought them individually and I tried to take, they're horrible, right? So it's one of those things, if you just had to take them by yourself, would it be worth the bad taste, right? But now right. there's so many flavors and so many cool names behind it and so much rah, 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 and like, you know, three times a caffeine dose and all that type of stuff that people are actually taking it for the hype really over the substance because a lot of them don't even feel it after a while it's just part of what they do mm -hmm. right and after a while you get fatigued from it as well it's like anything else and then you got to go for one that's stronger and stronger and bro it's like eighty dollars seventy dollars for one of these containers of pre-workout i'm like what are you saying to me right yeah. now yeah. they sell it at the gym for five dollars a scoop five dollars a scoop bro yeah that's right i could get a funny. banana i could get a banana and a shot of espresso and be good yeah. to go, man. <laughs> yeah. For $2.50, be good to go. Make my own espresso, grab my own banana, literally. Yeah. And and what do you think that does to your blood when you take one of these things? Like, what is it doing to your body for those who don't know? So you're going to get a better pump. So it's going to push push more nitrogen oxide into your muscles, right? Or it's going to help. It's going to it's gonna help you feel like you're stronger, right? Because it's like uh, it increases thermogenic, thermogenic effect. effect, right? So it's going to increase your heart rate or it's going to increase your temperature. So you're going to feel that way, right? But again, it goes along with gym culture. That doesn't mean it belongs there. It's just part of gym culture. So there's people who literally like, oh, I forgot my pre-workout. And they'll tell themselves they're not going to have a good workout because they didn't take their pre-workout. Mm -hmm. right? Dude, wh when did we deviate from just going to the gym and not needing anything the internet, the internet right the internet but it's just like when it was just magazines man half the stuff that was in the yeah magazines, true we couldn't even true. get in the stores we couldn't even get in the stores you know what i mean and the price point on some of those stuff like i remember when celtic came out and stuff like that it was like 80 bucks for that you know and this is like 1992 93 nobody has money for that you just see it in the bodybuilders with the huge guys so the most the most the most effect the industry would have is yeah protein but my older brother fell for that when joe weeder was just selling um what do you call it uh cake mix and calling it protein that's literally what it was when my brother my older brother used to take yeah so when our generation came okay protein became a little bit better but because when the internet came there's so much exposure to all these different people telling you all these different things if it wasn't in that magazine the noise was closed you weren't seeing it on tv you weren't seeing none of that magazines closed you're not thinking about bodybuilding you're not seeing bodybuilding mm. there was no internet yeah. so it was a very closed circuit of influence now it's like everywhere people who aren't bodybuilders are pumping energy drinks yeah Bro, it's it's fucking crazy to me. Like if you I need one of those Eddie Abu fucking I'm trying to I'm going to get a soundboard. And the only thing I need from him is is different flavors of shit. Right? Guys, guys, it's, shit. <laughs> it's shit, guys. It's shit. Actually, actually, speaking of Eddie, 
I got like banned off of Instagram for making any comments because someone flagged one of my replies to a post that he put up as disinformation. So for 24 hours, I can't comment or reply to anything except in my DMs on Instagram. Yeah. And like I said, I love Eddie. I agree with 90% of the things that he says, but the other sure, 10, yeah. the other 10, he's wildly off. Yeah. Wildly and this, you had off. brought this actually up on your story this morning about influencers and how we gravitate towards certain people. See. If I don't agree with you anymore, I don't like you. Like, where did that come yeah, from? It's hate, right? Like, why can't we have a conversation about what, you know, on a certain topic? But yeah. because he disagrees with one. And I said, he's a, and it's not his fault. He's becoming a cult of personality. He has an ebook now. Right. Like someone asked him a question about about what food they should eat for perimenopause, perimenopause, menopause. And I and I responded and I said, you should you should be asking a medical professional, not a not a fitness professional on Instagram. And then I put Marianne's um, Instagram handle in there. And then I made a couple more like that. And next thing you know, can't respond anymore. Because it's like they're thinking, Eddie, please tell me, is it OK if I eat this? It's like it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like. Why don't you look at the like things that. that Eddie is telling you and ask yourself if it makes sense to you? He, mm. he People want to be told, well, Eddie said it was okay. So you're only eating because Eddie said it's okay. You don't really believe it's okay, right? Mm. So oats are shit because Eddie said they're shit, but you're not, you're not breaking down what part of the oats is shit and why oats could be considered shit. You're just going to cut that out. So because he doesn't like fruits, you're never going to eat another blueberry ever, ever, because he said fruits are shit. Like, come on. Yeah. And end of the day, I mean, you look at like what he eats for breakfast and yeah, sure. I agree if your stomach can handle it, but good luck handling eight fucking eggs at one time. Like oh. Eddie must smell like shit. And, and I'm just, bro, I'm being dead serious because dude, like, look, I'm, I'm okay with fried eggs and shit. But if I eat like three boiled eggs, bro, everybody's in for it's it, on. bro. And then like the British, <laughs> the British, the British way of eating is very, is very devoid of vegetables to begin with. Right. Like my fam, my parents met in England. My siblings were born in England. I was the only one born in Canada. My family that's still in, in England, they eat like kippers and, and eggs for breakfast. Kippers is a tiny fish like this mm -hmm. with boiled eggs and they boil the eggs in the same water that they cook the fish in and stuff like that. There's no greens in there Ugh. or they go for fish and chips. It's beige and beige. So when Eddie eats a certain way, like you could eat in the UK like that, but I can't see my lifestyle, what I'm used to eating like that. Most people cannot eat sure, tuna, yeah. tuna, eggs, and chicken for breakfast. Or when he did the protein shake with the with the chicken and the thing and he drank it. Bro, there was, I can't remember what the fuck I, I heard him saying on TikTok, but it was just the other day that he was wildly off base. And it's really crazy to me that somebody can be so fucking intelligent and so fucking stupid all in the same video and it just it makes it, it's it's a very weird dynamic because again i do agree with look i agree with his like the core of his message and i think that that's enough the core of his message is stop eating bullshit if it comes in a package don't eat it go eat raw organic foods that's all i need to hear like yeah. i'm with you bro yeah. like even when you say this outlandishly stupid shit I'm still with you. I'm yeah. just like, yeah, that ain't it. You know what yeah. I mean? And you and I think have to that wonder that's... if it's an entertainment factor, right? Bro, I was just about to bring that up. That was my next point was like, how much of this is actually just for social media rather than, um, you know, actually being information. But when he, you, you can tell he genuinely believes it. And I also want people to recognize, and this isn't to discredit Eddie at all, but how much of what he has is simply genetics. 
Yep. Right? Like, it could be that. Most 70 men, 70 year old men aren't going to, aren't going to look like Buddy, that. Most 25 year old men ain't going to look like that. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And like you said, once he said my team, then I know he has people kind of right. So that's where it kind of yeah. switched. So he has to be extra heavy on his trademark, right? It's all shit. It's, you know, he has to be extra heavy on that because his team is pumping that. It's kind of like he's in a different spectrum, but did you hear what happened to liver King? His eye? That's the whole fiasco. Oh, no. No, no, no. His eye. Yeah. So he was working out at home with bands. I saw his video on, on YouTube, and the bands snapped. And not only did he punch himself in the face, but the band flicked in his eye, and he might lose his eye. When was This must be recent, because I just yeah, saw a video. I saw yesterday. Oh, okay. So I saw him like right. a week ago telling everybody, like, yeah, yeah, I'm hopping back on my shit, and fuck y'all. And I was yeah. like, what do you mean back on? Bro, you never left. Yeah, that's, <laughs> what like? that's his karma for deceiving that's his karma for deceiving but right? okay let, let's 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 talk about it let's talk about it though because i have a very uh, drastically different perspective why do you feel that it's deceiving just because even though you know and i know even though he says he's not on 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 stuff and he's sure, straight, yeah. eating testicles and all of that stuff you and i know that that is straight bullshit but there's yeah. people out there who literally don't. They can't see past it. So he says, my whole family eats like this. And then you look at his kids. His kids really aren't in shape. His he wife really is in shape. Yeah. But even before they knew that, it's just a point of is like, you're not looking at the whole picture. You're just looking at the presentation of what he's saying versus what the reality is. Most people cannot be that size naturally. They just can't. Mm -hmm. they can't. That guy yeah. is massive, right? And he's not even that tall. The amount of muscle he has per pound, like the percentage is off the chain, right? So yeah, the yeah. fact that he was telling people that he wasn't and dismissing it and saying like, you know, going into his thing about the, the fundamental principles and stuff like that, you there's people that literally get hurt, right? And then there's people who use that as an excuse to use, right? And that's another problem, right? Like if he came up from the beginning and said, hey, I use even if he admitted just said it was TRT because that's a lot of guys' excuse for being on super physiological dosages saying it's TRT. Even if he came out and said, "Hey, I'm an older guy, I'm on TRT. It just keeps me level. This is how I live. This is how I eat. The TRT is a very small part of it. You have to do this, this, and this, and this." But instead, he said the way he lives, eating the garbage that no one would really eat, is the way that he is the reason why he looks like that. Combined with his workouts, so that is being purposely deceitful. You're not just you're not doing a Michael Hearn where, where if you ask Michael Hearn, are you on stuff? He'd be like, why would I do that? Why? Why would I do that? He's not denying it. He's turning around and asking you. Michael Hearn is the master of deflection. You will never get him to acknowledge or deny. He will just be like, hey, have you looked at me over the past 20 years? Have I ever failed the test? Now you're answering questions. But Liver King is right out telling you, no, I'm not taking that stuff. And that's where the deception sure, yeah. is. And then you're selling a product behind that. So you're deceiving to sell. That's two strikes in my book. Mm. Now, where we're going to disagree heavily is, for one, men do not need to be worrying about what other men are putting into their bodies. I think it's fucking wild. The amount of people are like, you owe me an apology. I'll do whatever the fuck I want to do. Are you out of your fucking mind? I owe you an apology? Bitch, you better be subscribed to everything I have for me to even consider it. Because a lot of them are just trolls that are on the internet like, oh, you need to, you deceive the world. And it's like, listen, I've been following him since the inception of yeah. when he first came into the picture. Yeah. Why? 
because I was like, fuck, this guy's catapulting quick. What's he doing to the algorithm? Yeah. I was just studying his methods. So I followed along with a lot of his message. And the one thing I loved was he never, ever, not once, you will not be able to find not one single clip where he says, eat like me, you will look like me. Never once has that left his lips. He has always said what you should do, get sunlight, turn off your Wi-Fi, eat whole foods, friendship, family, good relationships, sunlight, grounding to the earth. That was his message. And and I think that with the whole state, like when he was denying it, I was like, all right. This is insane, bro. Like, stop. Because by you denying it makes it seem as though what you're doing is the reason you look like this. But it's kind of like, but he never said it. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like, it's open to interpretation. And I also think that it would be like uh, you looking the way you do. Bro, become a big influencer. Go get 100,000 followers. Take your shirt off. And bro, you're going to be accused every day of your life that you're on some shit. That's the first thought people take. And when I say that, I say, well, if in your mind, Mm -hmm. being six foot two and ballpark 200 pounds makes me on steroids, you're future aspects for doing anything even on average are very low right so people always jump to the excuse that they would use to create to look like me but it's not that hard to be my size it might be that hard to be the shredder but being six foot two and 200 pounds have a low body fat percentage high muscle percentage it's not that hard it's hard to be consistent but it's not like wow you need all these drugs and you need all this stuff no you don't you don't need any drugs right but but i get that from people now with liver king he is such a eye-catching specimen not in a positive or negative way whether you like muscle you don't like muscle he's eye-catching and the fact if he didn't have that and if he didn't have the beard and if he didn't walk around dragging the weights behind him if he wasn't a spectacle he wouldn't have anybody listening to him so that's what i don't like because he still makes a spectacle of himself and if your weight is what it is if your message is what it is and it's pure then you can say it whether or not you're 500 pounds 200 pounds 100 pounds because it shouldn't be about you but he draws you to him and he gets you caught up in his whirlwind of voice the way he looks the way he sounds and the way he talks to other people and then when you see him on a show and someone said oh are you on steroids like look at my legs if i was my legs would be way bigger than this sure yeah yeah sure Bruh, I mean, just, just I know when you sail down a, a lie long enough, it's hard to pull it back. But that was his yeah. one fatal flaw, because let people question what his dosage is, not whether or not he's telling the truth about being stairs. Because if he said he was on TRT, now it's just a debate. Is he only using a TRT dose or whatever? But now if it came out that he was using more, it's not like, wow, he was using steroids. Now it's, he was using more than what he thought. But now it's like, mm. shit, this was a plan that he had to totally deceive people right? He had goals. I want my followers to be up at this. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to take sure, this, yeah. this and this and this, like yeah. $10,000 a week or whatever it was on drugs. Like you don't do that and go through that much effort for me not to look at you as like a very deceitful person. That's a lot of effort, bro. That's a lot mm-hmm. of effort for short-term gains. And that was strictly financial. He didn't do that for health. So when I look at it, it's like, so you're another one. So you're just about the finances. You'll become a cult of personality, say whatever, do whatever, eat whatever to get that money. And you'll spend whatever money it takes to be able to get that other money. And are you helping people in the end? Is he really helping anybody in the end? Of course. Yeah, man. And that's and 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 that's where that's where the the whole liver king and the cult of personality and and i think that that's where we kind of lose sight of his message um end of the day we've been only eating muscle meat 
for almost a century now where people have just been throwing away organs. We've lost our fucking entire way. And sure, his message a lot like Paul Saladino. I agree yeah. with a lot of what you say, but yeah. there's some fucking bullshit out there. Like he yeah. just the other day he did the oats video. Oh, this is bullshit. Like, nah, bro, shut the fuck up. Like when you're backed up, what do you think the best thing for you to eat is, bro? Right. That, right. Like, stop. And if you ate it every day in small doses, you think your digestion wouldn't be better? Right. Bro, right. like eat a single granola bar. Yes, a day and tell me your terrible. digestion isn't better right yeah, like so like let this stop with the whole you know oxalates all the like there, there's a limit but with liver king dude the way that he simply pushed his message and didn't want to touch on the steroids like he he did sail on that lie and and dude there's no denying that he did deceive people to a degree but his overall message and the amount of people who have started consuming organ meats, putting down all of the, the processed foods, starting to actually think about, well, men's mental but health. I question that, though. But I question right? that are, are because all I've seen on social media when he was really big is people trying to eat the raw shit like him. I would like to see uh, what these group of people who are consistently adding cooked sure, organ yeah. meat and doing it properly. Because like I said, the shock and awe value was there. So there was a lot of people, you know, putting the maple syrup and salt on their liver and eating it down and stuff like that. But is that something, the way he presented it, is that something, it's just like CrossFit. Can you continue, the way he presented it, could anybody do that long-term? Absolutely not, right? Absolutely not. Sure. When, you come into his, when you come into his home, when he had, I forget who it was. It wasn't the guy from Mind Pump. It was, I forget who it was. It's, uh, Mike, Mark Bell, Mark Bell. Yes, Mark Bell yeah. coming to his home. The shit that he served for supper. And then later on, it's told that he pays his kids to eat that stuff. So what I'm saying is, is he is a fraudulent in that way because the way he's presenting it, nobody could do it like that. You still have to use discernment and think for yourself. And when I'm sure, of course, about, but when I'm talking about him having a negative impact, you know, most people don't use discernment. So then it becomes very polarizing. Oh, I can't eat that raw meat. I can't eat raw liver. I can't. It cooks or whatever. And and this is how it is. When this is why people fall for easy things like keto because you just say just eat meat, right? Or if you're going for or if you're going for. Mm. Uh, that's how we that's I'm just speaking from my experience. The reason sure, why yeah, fall sure. into it because but then when they look at keto, then they think Skippy peanut butter like we had the conversation is keto because they think it's very mindless. So it's very easy to just eat meat yeah. or it's very to just eat vegetables because you don't have to think. So what he's saying is, yes, eat more testicle or eat more organ meat, which is good for us and stuff like that. But the way he's presenting it, it's not a lasting message. It's a shock. And in five years, is anybody really going to remember the liver king for that message or for the outlandishness of what he tried to do? That's my question. I mean, the people that are out there doing what you're saying and making the videos, doing what he's doing, those people are looking to be a spectacle of their own anyway. Yes. That's not really a testament to his message because I could say, OK, cool. Well, you're talking about oats and how fucking good they are. Well, there's some asshole that's listening to your video that's going to take a video and said, hey, Coach V says oats are great. I eat them fucking 35 times what? a day. What? I eat 12 bags of them. Though. There's right? a big difference, though. I will show why someone would say you shouldn't eat oats. And I will counter that with why you should eat oats. None of my messages are do it because I say so. I tell people mm. question everything I say. And sure, that, yeah. I say facts on facts because this is my opinion. Mm. This is where I got my information from. Right. And that's why yeah. there's not a lot of bite back, because if you're not willing to come with your own information to counter this, I'm not just saying it because I think this. So when I say eat oats, I'll give anecdotal reasons and then I'll give reasons like sure, from science, sure. right? So that's the mm -hmm. difference between me and Liver King because he's not saying, hey, if you want to cook your meat, 
that's okay. I just choose to do it this way because whatever, whatever. But it becomes eat it raw. Here's the testicles. Most people aren't going to eat testicles, but you could tell them that they could have yeah, one. Sure. Or they could have they could have some kidney because as a kid we grew up eating kidney as well in our culture. Mm-hmm. Right? Sure. So, yeah. But yeah. it's not put in that way because if you go back to it everybody's culture that I know. So my friends that are Portuguese, my friends that are Italian, my Filipino family, my liver, we all eat organ meats. We all eat organ meats, but you come to North America and it's considered poor people food. Mm -hmm. Right. So then you don't eat it anymore. So liver King isn't doing anything that's blowing away. We're one generation or one trip on a plane or a boat removed Mm -hmm. eating that way already. And sure. I mean, however, we're also only like one generation away from having high testosterone. That's completely gone. So, I mean, all I'm saying is we can argue this till we're blue in the face, but the thing that you and liver King don't share is that you're not trying to be a monster company in the social media sphere. You're trying to stay within your niche and remain like, look, almost like the mom and pop shop of, of yeah. true fitness and, 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 yeah. and health. And I but, just want people to think for themselves, man. It doesn't have to but, be me. I assure you that if you wanted to get Liver King big, which you could, you're going to have to do some things that you don't necessarily agree with 100%, but there's shock value to it, right? Like you could say, um, <laughs> you could say, like, you was know, that you shocking about, enough? <laughs> right. You, you could you could talk about your oats and shit, but it would be like your PR team would tell you, look, okay, but what we're going to do is create a fucking absurd clip of you saying something, even yes. though the message, the broader message, but here's what's going to happen. You're going to get a Coach V somewhere else who's going to say, oh, well, I just watched this clip, this fucking guy, this is what I've seen, this is where yeah. he's right. And it's like, yo, end of the day, bro, anything that somebody does people are going to criticize Absolutely. and regardless whether we agree with it or not i guess we got to kind of look at the the overall because he's also never said hey eat it raw but that was his way that was his shock value of yes. fucking disgusting yes. dude like i would never thinking about it makes me want to hurl you know the fact that you're eating a fucking the other day he was eating a bowl of eyeballs bro and like but this is what i mean right like yeah. on the same token we need to kind of say yo we're going to do what we're going to do. And if people are dumb enough to just do exactly what they're seeing without being told, cause they think it's cool. Well, I mean, I liver King also never told you to eat a fucking tide pod, but someone thought that was a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? So and it's, it's like his responsibility, how it lands on somebody. I definitely right. understand that. I definitely understand. So that. it's just, and we gotta, we gotta kind of watch. At least he's not pushing. Like I said, there's other things he could be pushing, right? So if you just yeah. listen to everything he said, I understand what you're saying to that. If you just listen to everything you said, it's not unhealthy, right? He's not mm-hmm. selling pre-workout, right? Like he's mm-hmm. not, at least that I know of, right? Like right. Right. Bone broth and stuff like that. So I can mm-hmm. dig that. I can definitely dig that because there's a lot more destructive characters in the thing. He just embarrassed himself. That's more. Than sure. A hundred percent. And, and with what you were just saying though, I'd like to kind of bring this home by saying, yo, with the sensationalism around the fitness industry, how cool everything looks, everything's like Nitro Blast 10,000, you know what I mean? Or max weight gain 350, right? And it's just all filler with like 20 grams of protein. It's like yeah. nothing special at all, but it's like a thousand calories in a scoop. So yeah. what I'm, and, and you have all these other mass monsters that are out there and dude, there needs to be somebody that comes with the natural message that catches your attention and uses yeah that image to push and promote a natural way. And it's just the way it is. If I wanted to come out with a new car brand right now, it would have to be something 
fucking wild. And I would largely have to play off of what the other people did. So when I look at the marketing side of Liver King, I'm like, "Ah, I get it. So in order to push your message, you have to look like they do or else you're not going to be attractive. Because, I mean, Paul Saladino, how did he really blow up? Like, he's not an impressive looking guy. He's he's not a. And he he comes across as an expert, you know, the way he holds shit. Oh, I know. (laughs) <laughs> this 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 is bullshit you know and it's like guy yeah i i get it i get it and it's like i i understand to a degree but what i'm saying is like in the marketing world and it's only because i'm i'm partially attached to this world that i know how it has to be like bro i'll be honest with you on tiktok you want to make it on tiktok go get a camera stand about i don't know five feet away from it blur the background with you saying something find a good quote that's two lines long and say yeah. it with a lot of passion and post it on tiktok or you have a hundred thousand followers in two weeks like that There's the and okay but now let me let me ask you you knowing and i and you knowing that i know this mm-hmm. so when you see me do this in a few months are you going to be like ah he sold out i'm out on tiktok sold out. <laughs> no, no, but, but i'm just saying are, are no. you going to be like, oh, no, look, he's doing what everybody else is doing, is he? No, so, but but really, I'm just using that as a funnel to get people from TikTok to my Instagram and my podcast. Really, you know what I mean? In that, in that vein, though, you could do that and put up a quote of one of your isms and it would get 100K. Oh, it so ain't going to be one would, of my isms. It's going to be some generic bullshit, bro. <laughs> I, in, in that vein, because of who you are, I wouldn't see you as that. I definitely wouldn't see it as that because it's like, that's not like you're not you're not being fake, right? The the quote that you might have put up might not jive with the things you'd normally say, but it's not like you're not the type of person to get out there and express something and give your feedback, right? We've mm. had conversations where I'm talking about other platforms and, and things you should do because sure, yeah, right off of your research to other people, right? Sure. So I think like now, if you were to go up there now and you were to have two girls beside you. And they had their butt sticking out in those disgusting pants that are worn in the gym that are up their butt. And then you tried to get me to pay attention to your message based off the two butts were there. I'd be like, come on, man. He's trying to sexualize this thing. That would make me feel like. Oh, 100%. 100%. But I mean, look, this is only because you know me. If you didn't know me, you'd scroll and you'd be like, yo, this guy just trying to be like everybody else. It's only because you know me. And I'm telling you right now that now that you said it, I'm definitely doing the big butts. Like I'm 100% going to do it. And I'm going to be like, just to prove a point, just like, look how fucking small minded people are. Where like, this is what you're attracted to of all I have to offer. The fucking vast ocean of fucking you know knowledge that i can you know and i'm still learning every day bro i don't know shit you know what i mean i'm a fucking r word you know i'm trying not to say retard too much now these days we're just at the beginning of what we can capable of learning that's why it never stops yeah and he's like oh like you know he's taking his certification and stuff like that and he's like you know i want to you know, do my nutrition next and stuff like that. And I was kind of just telling him like, you know, the certificate, it's just the beginning. That's just like basically finding the address to the location mm. of what you need yep. to know is your certification. Once you get that, it opens up the door. And now there's like, it goes for miles and miles, all the books that you could read to learn to help people better. Of so I course, said, don't yeah. think that. And I told him like, you're not ready to start just because you have your certification and just because you have a coach that's training you for bodybuilding. I told him, you're not going to be ready. I said, and I said, your mm. coach should tell you that. Your coach, if your coach respects what he does, he should tell you like, hey, man, you've been working with me for eight months and you're taking some certification. You're not ready to take clients. How do you know to train anybody? Right. Yeah, what, yeah. what experience do you have? Right. Who have you yeah, worked well, with? 
but then it's easier to just look at this person and say like, ah, I made that, you know, just in, just in the, in the event that they succeed to become something really good, then they can say they're like, Oh, you know, I supported it early. And that's basically yeah. what everyone does these days. Right. They just hop on the bandwagon and oh, they just like, Oh, well, right. Dude, dude. If, if I showed you my DMS, with how many people in the quote-unquote freedom community like bro we need you back we need your message we need your platform and it's like the fact that you guys are still now looking for somebody who is so far removed mm -hmm. to bring them back simply to use my follower number to forward a message that i don't believe in is absurd yeah man, yeah, man. why that's would i why would i do that well that's firstly disrespectful because they didn't help you do any of the work Right, they didn't those help you are, do any of the work. Those and are energy, vampires. Yeah. energy vampires. And luckily, oh, yeah, sure. luckily, luckily, we don't like we don't really get any of that. We're so like the freedom community. We're so far removed, and whatever the case may be. Yeah, and sure. Like, and it's like I don't want to be. A, I'm part of the human race, bro. Like that, like you know. And I have my family. I'm not a part of these communities. I'm me and my I'm my family. You know what I mean? So when people start again compartmentalizing themselves in these little groups, that's when you start running into problems right mm. because now you're in an echo chamber and it's just there's no new information and like you know as well as i know we need just like we were talking the last podcast sometimes we need a little junk food every once in a while you need a chocolate bar yeah stuff, right so we need counter information i need a counter opinion i can't be around people that are like yeah man you're right you're always right no i need somebody Bro. that's going to make me delve into my knowledge and then hopefully expand my knowledge that's what mm. it's about Right. And I can't be around anything, but hence the, we only have a handful of real friends, bro, because I can't have idle conversation. Like I can't. And it might, people are like, Oh, it's too much. Well, maybe this bill is too much <laughs> later. <laughs> <laughs> so now I, I guess there's something that uh, I could ask for everybody because we all know that people think it, you were, you know, you had a giant following at one point yeah. and uh what the fuck was that chick's name? Uh, oh the God. Fit BBL or whatever the fuck her name was. You remember that one? Remember that little? Oh yes. Whatever BBL that was. Fitness. Um, BBL Fitness. Oh, yeah. Yeah, some shit like that. Um, look, she said something that uh, I was like, "Yo, I definitely have to ask him in the future." But I wanted to wait for an opportunity like this, where she had said. And I agree and entirely disagree all at the same time because it, it's just a, f a really stupid statement to make without like prefacing what you're trying to say. Right. Um, where she had said you would probably do a lot better and make a lot more if you weren't so combative with people and calling people out and and always being abrasive and very... And I'm not going to get into why I think that because I want you to answer first. But when you hear something like that, regardless of who it came from, say it came from your wife yeah. who said, yo, like you're starting to affect business, bro. Like well, we're starting to lose clients. Crazy now. thing is before you're, I post it, crazy. I ask man, I'm like, how's that sound? That sound okay? <laughs> like I literally do that. I literally do that. Right. So we've had people say we've had people. And I remember that girl said that before. Right. But she's of the vein where she's intimidated by masculine energy. Sure. She yeah. couldn't answer the question, right? I said, if you are helping people, women get in shape after BBL surgery, and BBL is taking fat from someplace and putting it in somewhere else, and getting mm -hmm. in shape involves losing fat, wouldn't that be counterproductive to these women getting BBLs? Why wouldn't you just do an intervention beforehand and get them to start training with you 
to build their glutes because we know it's a muscle. And that's all I asked. And she got upset. So people will always jump to that because we have this thing where everything's right and everything's okay. Everything's not right and everything's not okay. And I was in a household where my dad is like, there really is no gray area, right? And I know in life there is gray areas, but my dad was very like, this is right, this is wrong, right? So people may not like my approach, but I don't care if you don't like my approach. The problem is, are you going to acknowledge my facts? And are you going to respond to anything I say? Or are you going to look at the emotions presented? So if I was like a meek little guy and, you know, I was just like, oh, I just wanted to know, would you respect anything I had to say? You'd probably ignore my comment. But because of the way I say things, now you're going to respond, but you're not going to respond in a way that's going to explain why you're doing what you're doing. You're just going to talk about my engagement. And what I had before was based off of who I was, 48,000 followers. So if I had 48,000 followers when I was doing what I was doing before, I'm the exact same person now. And I know how algorithms work, right? And I would never change who I am because at the end of the day, people got to meet me. When I sit in front of this screen with my clients in the morning time and we're doing a 45 minute or an hour session and they're resting and we have conversations about stuff, you think that they're just finding out who I am when we're in the video? No, they came to me because of who we are. And then I remind sure. those people, remind those people, what is success? What is success? Success is different to everybody else. Success to me is being able to live in a great city, live in a very nice home, have the car that I like and be able to help a lot of people. The fact that we live the life where we can help the amount of people that we help in Jamaica, that is huge to me because I grew up seeing my parents who didn't have a lot, help a lot Mm. of people. So that's like saying, Hey, well, shouldn't you focus more on your direct family? You know, if you didn't send all this money off to Jamaica, you know, you guys probably wouldn't be able to, wouldn't have to train so much. You wouldn't have to whatever. Why would I do that? Right. When my Mm. goals, my motivations are different. So she could look at, following and the engagement but does that engagement actually equal money for her because she's selling dollar workouts right so if i was worried about stuff you'd see five dollar workouts you'd see 299 workouts you'd see that type of stuff right does that answer the question uh kind of because now we have to kind of unpack the situation Mm. now the first thing i'm going to say is you could have just kept scrolling yeah right and hey and this isn't this is just me playing Absolutely. devil's advocate because I knew it all the time, too. There's all the time Absolutely. where I'm just like, it's stupid. And then I'll leave it. And then later I'll be like, oh, what was that person's name again? I got to go back to that. But person. I consider you know myself I mean? to interject there. I consider myself. A, uh, I've been in this for a long time and I paid the dues. So when sure. if you yeah. pay the dues that I paid, then you can't say anything to me or about me, because if you're just popping up on a trend, BBL mm-hmm. surgery, and that's how yep. you're making money. You're actually just like the guy who called himself the breakup coach. Where he's he he literally said, I train women to have that revenge body. So that's the type of thing. So I checked him too. And it's like, I'm sorry, but if someone cross comes across my page and I think it's damaging to people in the long run, I'm gonna check them because not a lot of not enough people do it because they're busy being sure, one of those yeah. people who are trying to get people caught up in something, right? Like even straight up, we've lost clients because of our, our opinions on certain things of their health. And they didn't mm-hmm. want to listen to us. And I said yeah. These are the things that we know. I don't want to make money just to make money. I want to make money helping people, right? And if I'm not Mm -hmm. making money helping and you don't want my help, I don't care if we have a contract. I'll let you out of the contract. It's not that important to me to make money if I'm not impacting your health, right? So it's hard for me to scroll past because I also know this damn BBL thing is taking women far away from what is healthy and putting them into dangerous positions, right? Like, you know, the track record of women with BBLs, what happens in the long run, right? It's not very good, sure. right? Sure. So, 
So for her to be in that position where you're glorifying it and you're you're making it think that you can get in shape. That's like like a woman gets breast implants. No chest workout is going to make those breast implants look nicer. Right. You got a BBL. <laughs> no fucking workout is going to make that BBL look nicer. Your BBL is actually going to shift and it's going to look different. So why right. don't you tell the truth going in? Right. And also, where's her certification on training people post op? Sure. Where's the certification on training people who've had this BBL surgery? Because I just explained all the things that are happening in there. So you're just naming yourself. And that's another problem with social media. People just figure out shit to name themselves. And now all of a sudden they're a personal trainer. They want to find a niche. They want to find a niche because they think it's a yeah. way to make money. Right. But are you helping? Or are you hurting while you're making money for yourself? Now, I guess that would really depend on who you ask, because there's somebody who went and got a BBL who wasn't working out at all, who found this lady and said, well, hey, well, this lady has a BBL and this inspired me to actually get into the gym and start being conscious of what I'm putting into I my mouth. So believe, I don't but sorry to interrupt you the way her conversation was. And when I looked at her page, I don't believe for a second that this woman was all of a sudden motivating people who had surgery to work out. Every woman in the comment section, majority of women in the comment section were saying that it would take years to build a butt like that so why not just take a shortcut and then get in the gym because they're thinking that the butt is going to get even bigger by working out with her she's not talking sure. about holistic health she's not talking about women and what's happening with menopause and what's really going on in america with obesity and stuff like that if she really wanted to help that would be the issue you're still encouraging women to be fat and that is a problem and looking in the comments i screenshotted what she said and she said there's some women like being fat Fat is beautiful. Da, da, da. What? Hey, and and don't get me wrong. Like that, that's where I draw my line too. But what I'm saying is, there is most definitely going to be a percentage of people who come across just the title, you know, the fit BBL, and say, "Well, I got a BBL, and I think it's time that I get fit." And they start to put two and two together. There's most definitely going to be those people. And then what happens with those people when that person says, hey, man, I made a, I might have made the mistake of getting a BBL and maybe, you know, maybe I, I'll never do this again. And maybe they're the next mind pump, right? Like maybe they're the next woman who truly, you know, all I'm saying is sometimes I wonder, even my message, I'm like, fuck, with the way that I decided to deliver that, I may have just shot someone down from walking down a path that could have been very fucking respectable but because of the way i decided to go about it dude i do it all the time you know how many clients my wife loses because her clients follow me and then they say some stupid shit and i check them fucking immediately and then it's like well we just lost fucking 300 bucks a month and i'm just sitting there yo fuck your 300 and fuck that lady too you know because i'm very much bro i'm the same i don't care about your money wants. right is right this is what everybody wants everybody wants to be petty it's okay, <laughs> it's okay. no yeah for not sure. fucking okay especially in her situation and this is what bothers me is you come in nicely and they explode and because you match their secondary energy sure they yeah. Assume, yeah and they put it out there to every Everyone else that you're like that i asked her a very nice question and i just asked her if she thinks that is a healthy thing to do given what it is it mm. doesn't make any sense and you don't have any certificate and i didn't say the thing about the certification at the time i just asked her and then she immediately goes oh because she has twenty thousand subscriber followers and i don't she immediately goes to that and then her mm. small mind downgrades the level of respect that my message deserves because I don't have followers. So she's following into the whole thing where it's like, oh, it's popular. That must mean it's sure, right. Yeah. So let me go yeah. on with that. But those people don't last. Those people don't last. 
There's not many people. So right, 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 right. And and with knowing that, why bother? Like if we know that they're going to be just like the trend they opt in on, right? Just like you said, even if there's one person in there that might listen to Liver King or her message that might be whatever, there's one person in there that I may have the realization that the glute is the biggest yeah, muscle sure. in the body. And if you work it correctly, you won't need a BBL. Because sure, if, of course. Listen, if I'm especially for women, okay, women taking shortcuts. We're we're hearing stuff years down the line about, about breast plants and women having to get X plants, right? Now, this BBL thing is a relatively new thing. And we're seeing that the percentage, if you do the research that there's a high percentage of complications, not of even course, just, yeah. people think complications like, oh, I'm going to die or whatever. No, where you have lumps in your butt, it shifts, it moves, they have to end up taking it out and it ends up being all silicone. So what I'm saying, glorifying that, that's like me saying, okay, I got a gym for meth heads. And I'm not trying to get you off meth head, uh, meth, I'm supporting you using meth, but I'm just having a gym. That doesn't make mm. sense. She's not doing a service to the health of women. She's actually glorifying something and making it seem like, oh, it's just a little cosmetic thing. Now you can get in the gym and improve your health even more. That's working backwards, right? I would understand, even I even said to her on, a, on an ignorant point, you could say, hey, try my six-month program. If you don't, if you're thinking about getting a BBL, try my program. And if you don't see the results like the results you get, then go get the BBL. And at least you know you gave it your all before you went and got the BBL. Sure, yeah. Yeah, I can agree. Who are just going for it. And a lot of times what we're not realizing, these women that are moving fat around their body, they're already overweight or obese. And she's not solving that issue. So mm -hmm. I take issue with that because, hey, you have a big audience. The algorithm likes you. How about you start talking about what's killing the most black people in the States? Diabetes, heart disease. It all stems from the diet. Let's stop glorifying. Oh, I love fat and let's be fat. Let's stop that. And yeah, yeah, that's that's the, a that's a whole the, other thing. If I'm the Jason Whitlock who says stuff about other black people and black people get offended. And even women said in the comment, like, I'm supposed to support her because she's black. I take offense to that. Yeah, that's just that's just crazy. That's just dead. And if we look at if we really cared about our people, why don't you look at what's hurting your people the most? And yeah, it's thinking facts, that facts. diet culture, surgeries, and social media validate you. And as a woman, mm -hmm. thinking about what is happening with children now, if moms are getting BBLs, remember before when there was a time when kids didn't have extensions in their hair, bro? There's a time when black mm -hmm. girls just had their little natural hair. Now you get a little girl, six years old, got a weave, five years old, got a weave. Now, what do you think when it's mama's crazy. got a BBL, what is that girl going to want when she's in high school as soon as she gets her? I'm going to get my BBL too. And then it becomes a part of culture. And it's all because of little support sectors like this that are glorifying it. I'm not saying people aren't going to get BBLs. I'm not saying they shouldn't work out afterwards, but I'm saying her presentation of it and what the real issue is, she could be using her thing for powerful reasons, right? Which is, yeah, I mean, thing. yeah. And, and you see here, and this is my thing. I'm a, I'm 100% a freedom absolutist, which means that even if I fucking disagree to the the only thing that you don't have the freedom to do is fuck with kids. I don't give a fuck what you say about it. That's where that the kids line is drawn. Adults, bro, I am straight up. You are free to do as you please. If you are of the consensual age that us as a whole society agree on, you do like. you, bro? When yeah. it comes to kids, we'll, we'll have a different discussion. That's yeah. no, yeah. absolutely no. Absolutely. I am a absolute leave the fucking kids alone absolutist as well. But I'm a freedom absolutist as in, yo, she has her platform. She can say whatever she wants, she regardless can. whether I agree. And I think that we, here's where I have a hard time. 
in a sense, we kind of still coddle people with that message. It's still telling people to be mental midgets by like, no, no, don't listen to her because she's, yo, if a bunch of people want to go get fucking BBLs and then we need to see down the line that all these idiots are having all these complications, bro, for whatever reason, that's how humans learn. Remember, They're dumb as remember, fuck. You know I what I mean? Say, I never say don't listen to. I sure. say the message and I say my opinion. I'm very yeah. tactical when it comes to that because I for don't sure. want Oh, of course, you said whatever, right? So I didn't tell people not to listen to her. I asked her a direct question. Sure, and then yeah. because she has a cult of personality of people who are very insecure about their beliefs, they blindly mm. defend her. Literally, how can you as a fitness professional say, I love fat? We love fat. Yeah, that's just wild. That's right. just wild. So when I hear that, she lost her whole platform to be upset with me about anything because is this what you're really putting out there for women? Right. Because a lot of these women think because they have a gigantic ass full of cellulite that they got a beautiful booty. But that. Hey, ass and is, yo, is let's 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 dead pressure. that right now. So hold on. We got we got a Filipino, a black dude and a European slash white boy. And all of us can agree that your giant cellulite ass is not attractive. Right. Look, there, there's a difference between having some ass Yes. And then, yo, Respucia, take it easy. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> like it's it's too much, you know. And it, it it just, but again, here here's another one of those things where it's like, I also know that there's many cultures out there that love big girls. Of course. So of course. it's like, love them, man. love them. But I love health and people's health. I love health. One hundred percent. Of course. Else. And we also know that you go to some countries and the women are bigger, right? Like traditional Samoa before American fast food came in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People Facts. were big people. The women were big, but they were healthy because genetically they were predisposed or they're not genetically. They were adapted to their environment and everything. Yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah. Right? For sure. So all of that. Then American fast food came in and they became really obese. Right. But when you look at that, we can't say that, oh, well, big women are bad. What I'm saying is when you focus on having a fat ass. That's a problem. Fat, right? Yeah, These women yeah, say, yeah. I'm a big woman, right? A fat ass. Singularly focus on one body part. That is the problem. That is almost like an obsession. It was almost like so, an obsession. And people are so going, what, what do you, one. what do you think of the people that think that there's health at any size? What do you think of that statement? That's a lie. They're not looking yeah. at the numbers. They're not looking at the numbers. And it's like, what do you consider health? Because your markers are okay, but how are your ankles? How are your knees? How are your joints? Right. How is that? How is your breathing at night? How's your sleeping? How's your blood oxygen level? How is that? How are you digesting food? How are you excreting the food that you eat? There's so many things that they're not taking mm. into account because the doctor going back to their blood work, everything was normal. Right. Yeah. In the normal range. <laughs> and meanwhile, it's like I see waddling all over the place. Right. So that's my thing. When it goes back to healthy at any size, that's that's not true. And and I also think that it's fair. We also have freedom to be and say who we want. But when you're putting something out there, you have to be prepared for not everybody to like it. Sure. So yeah. For her, yeah. For her. And that's what I didn't like. You can't counter facts and say that I'm wrong. You're going to talk about my engagement and say that I'm going to make more money because you correlate followers to money. That's mental midgetry. That's what you've been programmed to think that, oh, this person has a lot of followers on Instagram. They must make a lot of money. They don't have a lot of followers. They don't make any money. Do you see the mental midgetry? You're jumping. She's jumping to that. And I'm asking about the facts of a BBL. Right. So when people are free to say what you want, yeah, you're free to say what you want. But when you put fuckery out there, you're going to get checked when it comes across me. Right. Mm -hmm. Search me out. Block me. Don't let me see it. And if I'm checking you on something, don't talk about how I'm checking you. 
Talk about what I'm saying, whether or not it's right or wrong, because talking about how I'm saying it is just a deflection. And I love it when I'm typing. People are like, oh, you're so aggressive. How are words aggressive, bro? Bro, that's a whole other. How, like, I'm so aggressive. And then I would make a video and say, OK, this is what they said. And this is what I said. Oh, I noticed you're always attacking women and blah, 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 blah. I didn't say that this woman, I said that this account said that oats were as bad as whatever, whatever. And then people will find anything to deflect because most people don't yeah. want to think about what is being told to them. They want to be told what to think. So if I'm making a counter argument, it's challenging you to think and people do not inherently like to think. And that's why we have so many people being taken advantage of, honestly. Right. They walk into Tim mm -hmm. Hortons. They don't think they walk into a grocery store. They don't think they walk into their doctor's office. They don't think they just do the traditional way that I've just been knowing to do, right? I saw on the street the other day, a guy gave a homeless guy a bottle of water and a can of Coke or something like that, right? The guy looked thirsty as hell. What do you think he opened first? Oh, probably can the Coke. Coke. Can of Coke. But what, what did he really need? Fucking water, right. right? But just program that Coke, <laughs> right? Even on that level, right? So that's how I feel about those things. It's like, if we put stuff out there, I'm not above being checked. That's why I put my facts out there, but I only get ad hominem attacks because how can you dispute the facts of what I said? Right. You don't like whatever. And here's yeah, that's, that's just what it is with people though. Right. I mean, and and it's like I say, the moment that it turns into a fucking personal attack thing, or it's like, Oh, but, but you have a chubby face or, Oh, you're not absolutely shredded. And I'm like, yes, but it doesn't neglect the fact that my, my mental cardio is, so I will run intellectual laps around you all day and then they hit you with the oh well why aren't you shredded because i fucking choose not to be straight well, I'll get, up i'll get like what exactly like you'll get that <laughs> like, and it's like and it's like i will get expressing that argument oh you're attacking a black woman you must hate black women because you that shit's crazy because you married man. an asian woman i'll get that all the time all the time so it's like i said don't come at me and saying that like you don't like my message when i'm asking you a question but yet you're questioning me because my wife doesn't happen to be black as if I saw color and was like, well, I must. That shit's that shit is wild that we're still at that place in You're society. There, but but I guarantee you this will be the same one at a LGBT rally. Like, oh, you love who you oh, love. Yeah. You know, the, the same people, the yep. same people. Right. <laughs> and this is this is exactly how they they roll. Right. They'll be like, oh, well, freedom. And then it's like, eh, stop saying that. Shut him up. Yep. It's like, I don't what? Like, I don't I don't get it. But. I actually just want to bring up one more thing in closing, and that's this whole oats thing that you've had going on. I know all the people that you know that are going to listen to this episode have been wanting to know the nitty gritty of this oats thing. How the fuck did it start? Why is this a continuous thing? It's like your thing. Like, I'm going to just start calling you fucking oat brand from here Call on me. in. Bro, oh, I'm I'm tired. Like bro, seven hundred thousand views on my on my and, reel it's, on that. and it's crazy. But I'll tell you, I'm I'm going to be dead honest with you. Yo. I'm I don't eat oats because of you. I'm I'm tired of hearing you. about them, bro. <laughs> I consume them so much mentally now because of you. Is, I don't even want to eat them. Up. It keeps coming up because of that one video. If you notice, yeah. I've only posted maybe one or two other videos about it, and that was like two months ago. But it just keeps mm. that's the one video that got in the algorithm because it's not really me in there, it's that other ass, right? So what the whole mm. thing with oats is if there's levels, there's steel cut oats, there's refined oats or what, what's the difference oats. what's the difference between so steel, steel cut? cut oats is literally the oats it's cut with a steel blade 
right? The fiber content is high. It's minimally processed, okay? That's why it's called steel cut because it's cut with a steel blade. Then the next would be your 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 instant, no, your, your quick oats, right? And then after, which still requires some cooking, like, you know, the ones that, oh, cook in five minutes or whatever. And then after that, you have your Quaker oats where it's like, you can just have it cold with milk or you can heat it up with water or whatever. And those are very refined. The fiber is stripped off of those progressively from steel cut to like the Quaker style oats, the fibers progressively yep. stripped away, which right. creates more of an insulin spike. And also you look at all the ingredients in a Quaker oat or any of the flavored oatmeal. The second ingredient is always sugar. So that's why they all say, oh, if you eat oats, it gives you an insulin spike. Well, if you eat those type of oats, but if you're to just eat eat steel cut oats or even the even the minimally processed refined oats, even if you ate those, you know, add some hemp seeds, some peanut butter, some fruits, your insulin is not going to spike. And people think insulin spike is a bad thing. You know, every time you eat a carbohydrate, you have an insulin spike. It's just how high the insulin spike is and how long it lasts at that high point and how long it takes to come back down. But people are thinking insulin spikes are bad. You need insulin spike. You need insulin to spike to, to push the glucose carbohydrates into your cells. Without that insulin spike, those carbs are just floating around in your blood and it's just going to get stored as fat right so that mm. insulin spike is good and then you're also going to be a diabetic because your blood sugar is going to be super high because it's just going to be circulating in your blood so that insulin spike is good but the way things have been twisted is like avoid an insulin spike avoid oats because they cause an insulin spike right that's the problem and then secondly we have people who aren't listening to the facts where he says oh it has oxalates right and oxalates, every plant has a defense mechanism, okay? But the volume that we would have to eat to be effective, we talked about tinctures about a week ago. Remember that, brother? So clearly yep. you have it in a tincture in the concentrated form. A couple drops of any type of plant defense system could fuck us up, right? But when you're talking about having it in a bowl of oats and you've cooked the oats or you fermented the oats, that dissipates the oxalates. And the oxalate mm -hmm. number is so small that it's like, it's almost unmeasurable in a normal serving of oatmeal for somebody, right? Sure, yeah. So when you think about the hysteria over it, they always try, and it's another thing, it's like a marketing thing. Let's say something that's outrageous, right? Something that people have been eating forever, but we're going to be very vague about it, right? So oats are bad. And then you're not a horse, you're da 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 And it's like, well, you wouldn't eat the kind of oats that a horse has anyways, because there's different types of oats. And then you go back, oh, we've been eating oats for thousands of years, Thousands of Celtic Scottish people, thousands of years, they were okay. Not saying that oats are good for everybody or everybody can digest them optimally. Not saying that, but to say that they're bad and they're peasant food and like it strips your body of nutrients, how? Right? Like, really, how? And then to say, and then a lot of times they'll talk and say, well, it's the glyphosates that make oats bad. Like, you can't find glyphosate free oats. Yes, you can. I put up the bag, we got it at Costco. As much as I'm not a fan of Costco, it's at Costco and it's a Canadian company. Boom. Right. So there you go. So now that you find you can get it glyphosate free, you can get it still cut. What what what's the problem with oats now? What, what can they say? If you don't like it, you just don't like it. But that doesn't mean it's bad for you. Right. Yeah. In the nutrition industry, we've made everything in absolutes. Right. It's either mm. you do this or you don't do that. Like there's so much gray in the middle, but that's where the shock factor comes in. Right. We have to. People are saying things in absolutes to create the shock factors. There's reaction. But also, do you notice that the shock factor only comes from saying that we shouldn't eat things that we've been known? 
No one is coming with the shock factor, even with the in, even with the information about you know aspartame and how it could. Lead. You have a bunch of fitness people going, oh no 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 no. That's come on, that's the WHO. You're not going to listen to them. Aspartame is fine. You know how many cans are like they're downplaying that. But then it's like oats. Are you crazy? And blueberries. Are you crazy, man? That's literally how they carry on. It's literally a, a like helter skelter. It's everything's upside down. Mm -hmm. So with regards to artificial sweeteners, and I guess we'll kind of uh, end on this topic because I, I feel like it's God, it's in fucking everything, man. And I'm tell I, I actually just had this discussion today while I was doing a Beagle Live on my other platform. And uh, I was telling this one lady who was asking like, oh, you know, I'm eating these keto bars and I'm doing keto. And look, I'm not necessarily against keto. I think that you can implement it partially. But I think it should be in very small doses. Like Cycle ketosis is it. ketosis is a it's a defense mechanism. It's yes. not a state of Large being, style. right? Yeah. Right. So it's like I told her, I was like, well, how about instead of keto and how about instead of measuring ketones, how about you still just intake high protein? You intake lots of fat, you get your fat from butter, olives, cheese, mm -hmm. whatever you like. You can eat damn near the same. And she's like, oh, but I can only have 13 grams of carbs. And I'm like, so hold on. You're worried about the fact that you can only on this diet have 13 grams. I'm like, okay, but are you going to the gym? It's like, well, yes. Well, then no, because you can have now say 50 grams and then go in there and, and burn still right your energy, burn it off immediately. And then she's like, oh, but wouldn't that knock me out of ketosis? I'm like, that's the problem though. Like stop with the keto. Your body is not like it has the mechanism. Yes. But it's like, you know, Let's just say I'm I'm in a fucking military fighter jet that has a self-destruct button in case the yes. enemy gets a hold of it. Just because it has it doesn't fucking mean that I should use it in combat. Yes. You know yes. what I mean? Yes. Like yes. it just yes. what you're saying doesn't does it doesn't compute. So she's eating these keto bars, which I've gotten them from Costco. They're fucking, fucking good. I know the I macros know. look great, but the yeah. ingredients Brilliant. are dog shit dude and you look at all of the things that it takes to make this one bar and i simply told her well would you eat all that by itself if you took every one of those ingredients and put them on the table by themselves would you consume them and she wouldn't so but she was asking like oh well you know my uh i have this personal trainer and he was telling me to just uh consume things like you know a diet coke instead of normal coke and i was like well i'm gonna lead this conversation by saying you need a new trainer um, because this guy's a fucking doof and has no idea what he's talking about. And to tell you that diet Coke is better than water, the dude is an absolute fucking moron. Um, so artificial sweeteners, what do you think of them? What do you think is wrong with them? Let's talk about it. I think like anything else, right? What it was manufactured for, was it the intended purpose? And it wasn't, mm. right? They just realized it was sweet, number one, and it was zero calorie. Number two, most people aren't paying attention to their gut biome, right? And when we're consuming artificial sweeteners, we know it has a negative impact on the gut biome. That's a fact. We know that, right? Now, we also know that gut is our second brain. So anything that disrupts the health of my other brain, I'm not really going to be pro it, right? Now, if you're thinking, okay, that's not important to you, okay, you're never consuming that artificial sweetener by itself. There's always something else added in it. And when you drink a diet drink, it's not just the aspartame or whatever else that's bad in there. It's the colorings. It's everything else that's in there. So you're drinking like a chemical shitstorm, right? So once again, people are looking at the macros of it. The macros don't matter when it comes to the ingredients, right? 
Like mm -hmm. the same thing. I did a video, eat this, not that. And I'm explaining like why this peanut butter is bad for the millionth time. It has icing sugar in it. Like, but you've never looked at that. You just looked at the label. So it's the very same thing when it comes to that. It's like people need to just kind of focus on the whole thing and just think about it for a second. Just think about it. What is the problem with a tablespoon or sorry, a tablespoon? <laughs> what's the problem with a ladle of sugar? No, what's the problem with like a teaspoon or two of sugar, like in your coffee or some honey? Like what is the real problem with that? If you're that worried about calories, then walk another 30 steps to burn off that little sugar that you just ate. Like literally. Are you, what are you really worried about? Like, like really, and then you have people with artificial sweeteners in their, in their condiments and then they're using fake maple syrup. And it's like, but why are you realizing how the minimal amount of calories you're actually getting from that and what it's actually doing to your body, right? Mm -hmm. It's the micronutrient content that the artificial sugar does not have. So when you think about why artificial sugars were created in the first place, it was to help the diabetic not consume sugar. Okay, so you can have an artificial sugar and your body's not going to process it. Well, what did we end up finding out? It, yeah. it messes up with your gut. It does a lot of poor things and your body's mm -hmm. still expecting sugar to be consumed. Yes. So now you've created mm -hmm. a meta, like a metabolic dysfunction. dysfunction into your body and you're constantly consuming something that your body's waiting for to, and it's releasing enzymes. It's doing all this stuff, but it's not receiving the nourishment that it needs. And that's why we end up craving more, mm -hmm. wanting to eat mm -hmm. more food. And then that's where the calorie and your body doesn't excrete up. it. Your body doesn't excrete it fully either because mm -hmm. it's a substance that your body is foreign. It's not of nature. So your body is looking at this like, how do we get rid of it? So not all of it gets excreted and it gets stored around your body. Right. And we still don't know. Does it does it at a certain level get past the blood brain barrier? Do we know this? Like we don't. And when we think about the increasing neurological issues, brain issues, then we know excess caffeine on top of that is bad for us as well. We're really taking this health industry and doing things to an extreme that are making you unhealthy in the long run. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you look at any of those products in 20 years, would you continue to eat that? No, people be like, no, no, no. Well, then why are you consuming it now? Well, I need it for, right? My trainer says, or I just saw this on Instagram, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right it's, it's, yeah. it's a dangerous it's a dangerous it's a dangerous thing and like you know i just know like we're getting close to wrapping up but i implore people just like literally just look at the label trust yourself to use your discernment and when you look at the label look at the ingredients okay look at the ingredients and sometimes when something is more expensive and you look at the ingredients you know why like it's not just because it's this brand and it's this brand like look at the ingredients and see why and then sometimes when you look at that ingredients of the thing that you thought was good and it's shit you're actually going to be offended that they're charging you money for this. Like literally I paid $9 for a little brick of real grass fed butter yesterday. And there was like this big tub of base cell for two 99 bro. And it's just like the audacity to trick people with, and I know it costs them more to make the base cell than it did to make the butter. But because we're in this element, they can amplify the butter to this price and lower that because they're selling so much volume of that, man. It's crazy. Mm. It's yeah. crazy. It is. Right? Like, you know? Yeah, man. I think the artificial sweetener argument, you don't need to be a doctor or a nutritionist or a scientist. It's very simple. You are an, an or you are an organic being, and it is called artificial sweetener, meaning not real, inorganic. Yeah. Stop putting the fake shit into your fucking face holes. It's really there's no science required. It's very simple. The things that go into your mouth are probably edible. The things that come out of your ass yeah. are not edible. edible. So yeah. why would you decide to say, hey, you yeah. know, this guy says that you could eat fucking shit 
And maybe I should, because I heard that it's okay for health. Like, but common sense says, well, that's the waste, right? Yeah. So why would you even consider? So it's artificial sweetener. It's shit that was meant to go in the fucking garbage, but yes. it tastes good. And they threw it into Not your funny. food. And yeah. the fucking, the, the irony of the fact that the people that consume the most artificial sweeteners are in the quote unquote fitness industry blows my fucking mind. It blows my mind, dude. And this is why I'm so against supplements as a whole. If you ask me, what should I take? Very simple. Food. 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 Everything from Real food, food. not that McDonald's food. Real food. Yeah, like whole food. food. That's it. Just food. It's that simple. We don't need to reinvent the wheel. We don't need to overcomplicate it. The things that you were given were food and water. And those were free. You know what I mean? Those were given to you from earth, right? The stupid shit eats the green shit. And then the smart shit eats the stupid shit. It's very fucking simple. We don't need to continue going on with it. And it's, it's legit, man. I don't know why this is such a fucking complicated thing. If you want to eat plants, go ahead. Of course. But I mean, aside from money, just with the the psychology of society, like that's how easy the, the times are right now. Yeah, man. That like strong men have created these very easy times. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Easy times have created just a a fucking whirlpool of stupid that I just get punched in your face around, before. Like, Back in the day, in, in the hard times, you get punched in your face for certain things, and like that's kind of changed a little bit. Like there's there's yep. like not people shouldn't be walking around in fear, but people who do stupid things should be walking around. Uh, in fear. But, but, walk hold, around on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. But why not? Like, at, at what point did we stop as a society using fear as a tool to make sure that people that were diddling kids wouldn't? Because Well, that's what I mean. That that's what I mean. Right? So, like, it's a very useful Mary, tool. I don't think Marianne should be walking the streets in fear, but I think people that sure. are doing stupid things, they need to, They're instead of walking in fear, they're walking in power nowadays because people are giving them more space. They're just stepping right. back instead of stepping towards it and dealing with the situation. But that's for another podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. No, for sure. For sure. So I got a, I got a tradition on the podcast um that i've been asking everybody so i'm gonna ask each one of you that way uh both of you guys have a chance to answer but if there were three things that you could tell the world right now that would immediately make it a better place what would those be you first um what do you do first uh measure to manage will be the one so it can be your food, it can be your body shape composition, it could be your the way that you score your relationship with your significant others or family, score something and find in, in the areas that you find important in. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I would definitely say, number one, communicate, right? Communicate. And even if you're communicating and the person doesn't want to hear what you have to say, as long as you're not saying something to hurt somebody, you know, I think a lot of times people are walking around and they're holding things in because they're afraid of saying something and you're not being your true self walking around holding something in. And I find when, because, you know, we're a little bit older, so we've gone through situations, we have wisdom, we have experience, and sometimes it's the things that weren't said. And it doesn't have to be someone who died. It could be someone who you just saw and you should have said something and you didn't and you realize things would have been different if you did. And it was very simple Mm -hmm. to say something, right? So I would say communication and then motivation in terms of Mm -hmm. When you wake up in the morning, right? What is your motivation? Ask yourself that. A lot of times we just get up and just go through the day. What is your motivation, right? And then the last one is true love, right? True love. Mm. There was a guy at the the rally thing and he was on the other side. And, you know, I was saying that God brought me there that day and he was spewing his evil and whatever. And I said to him, I said, hey, man, you know what? 
God doesn't hate you and I don't hate you. I love you. I hate your perversion, but I love you. And I said that to him. And I think people need to understand that when you break through everything, love is at the basis of everything. No matter mm. who you are, you receive love when you were born. No matter who mm. you are, in some form or another, you receive love. That is the primal basis of every fucking shit. <laughs> 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 but all, all oh, jokes aside, man. all jokes aside, love, seriously, from the abrasive black woman hating man. <laughs> yeah. The second one that I'll bring up is intention over impulse, yeah. right? So mm. it goes back into the distraction and discerning, but what is our intention and what is the impulses that we have to pay attention to? So I'm if I'm impulsively always going for sugar, if I'm impulsively over going to my phone, mm -hmm. what is my intention? Catch yourself in that period of time and get intentional with where you're going. Mm -hmm. um, the last one I would say would be um, emotional and energy management focus mm. on those things and exercise so three e's um kind of like what you you guys have a great conversation you guys have agreements disagreements but you can ask each other questions so that you guys can mm -hmm. validate your position mm -hmm. those sure. are conversations and communications we have to have more of rather than like i don't believe in what you say and like blah 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 like even when he was saying you know you were saying why don't you just scroll and pass on through? Okay, that would, same with me. I wouldn't care about the same, you know, what he's caring for, but it's important to him because he wants to catch the people that are, you know, doing a disservice to the industry. Same with me in different other areas. So we choose who we want to, it's like, you know, you got to pick your arguments, right? And that's one that he wants to pick at because it's detrimental. So make sure that your emotional and your energy management is directed in the right place. Yeah, that's dope. Those are all solid, man. And uh, once again, it was what two out two plus hours. It's gonna be, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all good. It's all good. And I think I feel like we should do these like every ten episodes that I do. I'll have you guys on. Um, no problem. It's just there's just so much good content, man. And and by content, I mean like valuable content. Because I mean, I, I thought that that's what content was supposed to be initially. Yeah, it's like bringing bringing value to people. Whether no, it's good entertainment. Or bad, right now but yeah now it's entertainment exactly by the way man i appreciate y'all coming on and uh let's definitely uh you know do some content in the future get on lives and shit and yeah. start to uh, start really making breakthroughs because i feel like the world really needs it i think that we need to get back to you know the the human's homeostasis if you will like humanity's homeostasis and try to figure out you know where our baselines are and try to bring things back brother neman i appreciate you guys and one Thank last thing i'll say before you go and i said it last time but it got cut off we're giving you your flowers brother it takes a lot of time away from your family and consideration to make this happen and it's an energy drain as well you feel empowered when the product is finished but i know it's a lot of energy drain and we appreciate you giving us a platform to say some things because you know it's hard for me to get my message out there and the fact that you're intentional about it you're very appreciate good. You. Yeah, you're a very good person. <laughs> Take care, guys. I appreciate okay, you. Thank you. Let's be out. Thank you guys for tuning into my podcast. You can find me on Instagram at Real7Show. If you guys would like the video versions of the podcast, you can follow me on Rumble at The 7 Show or on Rockfin at Real 7 Show. Be sure when listening to leave a five-star rating and review on the platform that you are listening on. Also, make sure to share this podcast with your friends and family. It helps the podcast grow more than you guys know. And until next time, this is The Real 7 Show.